very delayed episode 648 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. Hi, everybody. See, I'm still doing it. I'm Glenn. Along with me this week, someone you may have heard if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time uh, or if you've ever checked the website a few years ago. I don't remember how many years, but... God, it was uh, like six or seven years ago, dude. Yeah. Uh, my good friend Jason Rossell is uh, with me this week. Hi. Hey, what's up? Not much. Yeah, we were going to record last week, and all of a sudden I was sitting on the couch, and I just had to throw up all of a sudden, and I was really sick for a couple of days. got sick. It was weird. Like, I haven't thrown up in years. And all of a sudden I was just like, wait a second, and I grabbed a cup and blah! (laughs) Your your Jerry Seinfeld record got broken. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what what brought it on. I didn't feel sick. Nothing. I just got sick. So... A lot of shit happened, though, uh, the last few days, so timing might be all right. I know, I know I, I, I've been trying to say I was going to do this every two weeks, but that schedule's been kind of thrown all over the place. Partially, it's because I don't like Your doing physical, this alone. What's Your that? old man bod just can't keep up with the Yeah, podcast. that too. Yeah. Um, I don't like doing this alone. I mean, I can do it. The, you know, the, the Torgo cast that I did on the YouTube channel, I, I did those alone and everything, but... I like having somebody to talk to. I like I like having a banter yeah. and, and whatnot. And I, you know, I've, I've got some good friends that I love doing this with, including Jason. But you know, Ray's always a good re, uh, uh, resource to have on the podcast as well. And and people seem to be reacting very well to Ray. So I hope he can do it again. I I think Ray is terrific on this podcast. I agree. I agree. I'm a Ray fan. <laughs> you can't. No, I know. Ray. But I I noticed when I started listening again because I I took a break when you took a break. <laughs> and when the uh, just the level of banter you and Ray have reminds me of the old Mark and Glenn days. And I really dig that. <laughs> and I'm, tr- and I'm still actually Mark trying to get Mark back on here, and, and we know. can never get the damn schedules to work out. Every time that Mark is going to do it, something comes up because he's a dad, yep. and uh, he's got dad stuff to deal with. So, um, so this week, we're just going to pretty talk pretty loosely. We've got some game items to talk about, but Jason is... Uh, essentially, or I guess primarily a movie reviewer. You, you've written a lot of articles, a lot of uh, pieces for other websites uh, covering movies, and that, I think that's one of the one of the kinships that Jason and I have because we're such movie fans. And yeah. uh, so th- this is probably going to be a movie-heavy uh, podcast, but we'll definitely talk some games as well. Because uh, we Jason, will, because we're both serious gamers. I like, yeah, video games I've are one of my oldest loves. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's funny. I've been gaming longer than I've I've realized what movies really were, but I think I'm a bigger movie fan overall than games. I own more ga- uh, movies, I think, but because I'm over a thousand movies, I, I think I own now. Oh, geez, dude. Yeah. I think I got. I think I've got about a thousand. Then I have about 320 Criterion Blu-rays now. I got Criterion Laserdiscs, bitch. I know you do, and I'm I'm envious. <laughs> <laughs> so Glenn is a little more hardcore into movies than I think people know you are. Because you're uh, actually one of my favorite people. One of my uh, reasons for going to the Midwest Gaming Classic is usually me and Glenn meet up earlier yeah. and go get drinks somewhere and just talk about movies for an hour or two. Or we try to sneak off to a movie. I was laughing yeah. so hard last week. Because Furious 7 was on TV. And that's one of my favorite MGC moments of all time. Is us getting that big group together to go to the theater uh, to yeah. see Furious 7. And we all knew it was going to be absurd and, and over the top. And I'll ne- this, we went in the, you know, in the morning. 
And it was literally our group. I think it was about 15 or 20 of us. And this old lady, this old lady yeah. was already there. And that poor woman had to sit through this movie with us. And quite frankly, I was probably the worst one of the group. I was very vocal. At it. <laughs> and the, the one moment, spoiler alert, uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, he's got a cast on his arm, but it's time. They got to, they, they, they got to buck up. They got, they got to make, you know, they got to fight the oh, fight. That's right. And then yeah, all of a sudden I'm like, he's going to flex out of the cast. <laughs> sure enough. Crunch. And he did. Oh God. <laughs> what a terrible movie. And this is also, this is also how hardcore we are. Glenn flew out to Seattle to Fuck go yeah. see Blade Runner with me. Well, like, it was great because I had a so free me and him flight. could go see Blade Runner together, twenty forty nine. Yeah, and then I flew out to Milwaukee to see Predator with Glenn. <laughs> Glenn and you and, and I are the only ones Milwaukee. in the group that like the movie, apparently. Yeah, it. You know what? I like it more now. It's grown on me. But that is a long way to go to see Predator. True. So that, but that attests to the level of devotion I have to do this stuff. <laughs> well, I was lucky because <laughs> uh, the job I had in Milwaukee that I really liked, and I lost the job. Because they downsized, and now it's a long story. But uh, at the Christmas party, I won two free round trip plane tickets to anywhere. Yeah, and one of those tickets I used to go out to Seattle to hang out with you for a few days and go see the movie with yep. you at the uh, Cinerama, right? Yep, the Seattle Cinerama. And uh, it was man, that was an amazing great... theater. Oh yeah, that was awesome. We sat up on the balcony, had just a, a awesome view of the screen, and <clears throat> the uh, Pop Culture Museum in Seattle. They had don't or not donated, but loaned a couple of uh, item, Blade Runner oh, that's items. Right from the, the original, original movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. There was costumes downstairs. That was yeah. really cool. That was really neat. So that was, but that was a memory. That was we had a good time. Yeah, now. that's what you should finance, right? Memories. I, I mean, and, well, plus I had I'm a lot of flying to see Predator more than anybody that saw Predator. Well, we did some more shit that, that weekend though, because oh, you yeah, and we I we stayed in Madison for a night too, didn't we? Yep, me and you and uh, uh, Nine Volt. Nine Volt. Yeah. Because we went down to the Maduro and had some cigars, and my friend Joyce showed up with her friend Wendy, and uh, did is that the only movie we saw that weekend? Or did oh no, you wanted to go see something else, and I think we couldn't make it. Uh, I don't. Or was that an MGC? Now. I remember we were talking about going to see some other movie at one time in Milwaukee, and it was playing at the Oriental, but we couldn't make it. Like the times didn't work out. I don't remember. What yeah, the fuck. I did, remember that one year I wanted everybody to go see. Uh, God, good thing we didn't. Yeah. Ghost in the Shell? No, it wasn't that. And no, no, I wanted to. You had a vote oh. up. And I was trying to convince everybody, let's go to Ghost in the Shell. Thank God we didn't. Oh, my God. And I, I, and I was there for the big viewing party for Logan. That was really cool. That was my second time to see that. That was yeah. at MGC. Yeah. yeah, that was a good time. That was the same thing yep. we saw Fury 7 at. Because that was the one good thing about seeing uh, having MGC out in Brookfield was that there, there's a fantastic Marcus Theater, uh, mega screen and everything right down the road, and that's actually the theater that I saw the 70 millimeter print of um, Tarantino, Hateful Eight. Yeah, that is one of the nicer theaters I've been to. I really like that theater. It's got a bar downstairs. It's yep, got, it's <clears throat> uh, it's just pristine. A lot of the Marcus Huge theaters thing. in the bigger areas have that kind of stuff. Like they have one right by where I lived in Madison that not only had the bar, and I would actually go hang out at that bar every now and then. I'd I'd go meet up with Joy and we'd go see a movie or whatever. But they had kind of the Alamo Draft House thing where a couple of the theaters they called them the bistros, and you could they had little tables and you can order food right from your your seat, and you could have food brought into the movie, and the food was fantastic. 
Yeah. Uh, that's when I saw um, Atomic Blonde. Oh, really? I like Atomic Blonde. Oh, I love that movie. That's such a great movie. Yeah. Even better, the bad guy's named Percival. So. <laughs> Spoiler! <laughs> hey, you're still doing the intro with uh, intro music from Mike, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say something. I got the chance to hang out with Mike once. He was a great, he was a really what a great dude. Yeah. Me and Joel and Mike hung out one night at Joel's house for hours talk, yeah. just talking about music. What a Mike was a know, great what a tragedy. Yeah. It, it's funny we actually I don't know if I ever brought this up um but at one point when it was Josh and Dave and MJC doing the podcast they decided they were going to do a new theme song. And they didn't tell me. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, we worked a lot with Mike and his band to get that theme song done. A lot. And to me, you start talking about branding. I mean, this podcast existed for 10 plus years, the whole thing. And and that theme song had been something that was part of the vernacular for at least seven. I I remember when you guys first unveiled that. Yeah. And. And all of a sudden, they just decided they were going to change the theme song, and they did it without saying anything to me, even though I'm still yeah. the editor in chief. And, and I'm not like some evil taskmaster. I never once told the guys in the podcast to do anything. Never gave them one note. Never gave them any direction. Let them do what they wanted to do. Just don't but, screw with Mike's music. Well, but it's it's not it's not specifically that. Even though at the time, it really bugged me because I knew that kind of meant something to Joel. I mean, Mike was a really good friend of Joel's and, and yeah, tragically lost Mike. And it was just something that I felt shouldn't be screwed with. It was very, very it was, special. It was to part of Joel the soul of PS yeah. Nation at that point. Yeah. So somebody on the forum said something about the new music and they didn't like it. I never, I've still to this day, I've never heard what they used. But I got really pissed off and I was on Slack and I opened up a little thing to those three guys. I'm like, what's this new theme song? And they gave me attitude about it, especially MJC. And I just got so pissed off that I stopped arguing it. And all I would type to them, I I've kind of felt like De Niro at that point. <laughs> and I was typing in De Niro's voice. And I was like, change it back. Change it back. That's change all I would say back. to them. Change it back. <laughs> and I kept saying it, kept saying it. And, and I wish I still had a transcript of, of what they were saying to me because it was fucking crazy. But they changed it back. And I, and I told them, I said, as long as that has the PS Nation name on it, yeah, it's still a PS Nation property. I am the editor in chief of PS Nation, and this is my one thing that I'm going to demand. I never gave them anything else about the podcast whatsoever. And you were correct on this one. Oh, it pissed me off so hard. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm still using that song, and I, I never will change it. Good. As long as I'm still doing this. You, you as long as your old man Bob holds out. <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny now boy this is the weirdest podcast that i've been doing but the weird thing about doing this now is i don't think about recording as much as i used to because we had a set schedule you know it was like every i don't remember every tuesday maybe every yeah. tuesday blah, blah blah but my dog hates sitting up in the office all day i don't know why because she likes it dark and i have all the blackout curtains and everything pulled in the office and she's in the dark She's just laying on the floor behind me right now, but she hates sitting up here after about an hour. So I'm not up here as much anymore. I'm usually downstairs in the living room on, on the couch. And because I don't work from home anymore, I don't have a job. So because every day it was 
you know, eight hours a day, I was up in my office working from home and yep. let her out. Uh, and it, I've just realized that lately that not sitting up in the office as much anymore, I'm not like trying to create content as much anymore. And it's a little bit difficult too, because one thing that Dave really brought to the table for PS Nation was he put the work in and did a lot of our streaming. We didn't ever yeah. really get a lot of viewers. And I'm not saying it's anybody's fault, but we just never really got that many viewers. But he still put the work in, you know, and, and I still stream. And it was funny, like, all of a sudden on our YouTube channel, I think yesterday morning or today, all of a sudden these two videos show up. I'm like, what the fuck? And I went and looked at it, and here Chaz uploaded a couple of videos. Like, oh, <laughs> cool. Somebody else is creating <laughs> stuff. But it, it, it's kind of a weird battle after a while that, you know, even when we were at our peak, there really wasn't much more happening on, on the streams before Dave was with us or anything else. It was always me. Josh was never doing any of that stuff. Uh, so when I start evaluating, like, what what are we going to do now that the staff has changed so much? I'm like, well, actually, this is kind of like it was five years ago or however many years ago. Exactly. <clears throat> so yeah, and I we have a great set of writers now. I mean, it's our it's our strongest lineup we've had for probably ever. Uh, John is killing it with, with editing reviews now and I don't get attitude every week about it. Um, he's great to work with. I mean, this team has really pulled together. And the funny thing is, I I think what really strengthened things a lot was when Dave and MJC just kind of quit out all of a sudden it, it seemed to really bring kind of bind everybody together a a little little bit. bit, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's a, I always think about people as like, if you're on a lifeboat with people, you're going to have to get rid of a few people because you just know they're going <laughs> to cause problems two days from now. Oh, that guy looks tasty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for the betterment of the boat, you, that guy a looks few like people he, like, are gone, they'll bring everybody together. Yeah. Yeah. And what, writers are finicky, aren't they, Glenn? Um, yeah. Well, <sighs> the big problem that we have is getting news posted. Because one thing that I've learned over the years is, yes, it's great that we get a lot of reviews posted on the website. It's awesome. But you have to try to keep your content fresh. And and news News items do that because they're smaller little bits, but they get tweeted out. We have this really cool script on the website that I put on years ago that automatically posts. Anything we post on the website goes to Twitter and to Facebook, uh, to our, our page. And if you can get a good cadence going for content that'll bring more people to the website and it'll retain them uh and that's where we're really struggling right now because we've always had this struggle of getting news posted consistently and i get it because news is no fun to write well it's not any fun to write and then the excuse used to be because we didn't have we don't have a lot of people that can make banners at the time it was josh but the problem was when you would message josh to get a banner (laughs) good luck he would either do it right away or he'd wait three fucking days. Yeah. And it then it got to the point, and I think anybody that ever listened to the podcast, Josh could be a difficult person, a grumpy old man, and people just didn't want to deal with him. Now we've got Chaz that can make banners, but either he's over in England, so there may be times where we need something and he's asleep because six-hour time difference. Yeah. Uh, but Chaz has done a great job. And, and I mean, quite frankly... Chaz has overcome a lot because, from my understanding, Josh never gave him any of the templates either. So Chaz had to go in and create his own templates and start from scratch. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of what you have to do. 
So, I mean, do you think do you think it was like Josh was the keeper of the voodoo, and and needed to be that guy that you had to go? Oh to? yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he would tell people what to do all the time behind my back. He would. Uh, this is, I guess, I'm airing out my my garbage with Josh all of a sudden, but he uh, he would never. I would send him an email, and he would never read it, acknowledge it, nothing. Uh, he was his own whatever. He didn't like the fact that I was the editor in chief, or I guess quote unquote his boss for in any aspect whatsoever. He was just going to do things his own way, and he never really acted that like the fact that I'm the one that brought him in years after PS Nation existed. You know, yeah. he just decided he was going to take shit over and do a lot of other things that, quite frankly, at the end, really started hurting our reputation with publishers. And that's when I finally had to pull the pull the pin. Yep. So anyway, and and poor Jason. Anytime I would go out to Jason's house in Seattle, <laughs> he'd get an earful <laughs> about Josh. Like fuck that guy. Ah! It's it's like an ex-wife or a or a marriage. Yeah, you'd have to hear about it. But it's, it's funny okay. when, when I see this, I was telling you before, I see this guy that was a listener for a long time. I don't think he does anymore, but because he, all he does is attack me on Twitter now. Uh, this guy, Fat Boy Kev, said something Ooh, to Dave. Fat Boy the, Kev. Yeah, Fat Boy Kev. He said something <laughs> to, to the effect to Dave like a week or so ago, like, Glenn always seemed like the kind of person that it was either his way or the highway. And I'm like, if he fucking knew the shit that I would let people get away with how much freedom I give the entire staff. That is the farthest from the truth you could say. Agreed. Cause I used to write for PS nation and Glenn would let me get away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is I don't have a lot of rules. I have one rule. And I mentioned that rule on the podcast that I came back. My one rule was about review copies. I don't care if somebody get a game review it. Well, no, it's not that because sometimes people don't want to review an RPG or whatever. And, and that's always the biggest beef I always had with the bigger sites like IGN, GameSpot and whatnot. Those sites, they would just get a game for review and they would just assign it to somebody. It doesn't matter if all this guy plays is baseball and we're going to give him Final Fantasy 84 and he's never played an RPG in his life. And he's, he, in my opinion, that's not the person to review a game like that. No. Yeah, I agree. And that's always been my problem with the bigger sites. So one of the things that Mark and I agreed to right away was, you know, if we get stuff to review, because back then we didn't get a lot, <clears throat> it's going to go to the right person. When we start bringing yeah, right, it has on, to be staff appropriate. It's got yeah. it's got to fit the the so, abilities of the guy right playing the game and writing the review. Yeah. So some some of our staff, especially like MJC, Dave, Josh, because they they go to E3, they get on media lists. So they start getting emails directly because apparently <clears throat> a lot of other outlets, uh, reviewers just kind of deal with these PR people on their own. I don't like that. I've always been the one to, to be the funnel for all the review stuff so I know what's going on. And one of the problems that I had early on was like somebody would message me or somebody would get an email about a review copy and they would just answer it and say, yeah, sure. And do it themselves and not tell me. And then like a couple of days later, one of the writers is asking me about that same game saying, hey, can we get this for review? And me not knowing that we'd already gotten it, I'm sending an email You'd ask again. to a person You'd asking about it. Now it yeah. looks like all we're trying to do is do this for games, for free games. Yep. And that was always a, par a really big point of paranoia for me. 
So I that's my one rule. If you get a message, I even wrote a form letter for every writer to respond back. And it basically said, thank you. Please you know, send this to Glenn from now on. I'll forward this to him. And that was it. It was really nice. And I never... I'd never told anybody not to interact or whatever. Just let me know. That's all I fucking want. Just let me know. And if it's a game you don't want to do, either you have the time to do the game and you can do it, and I'll approve it. Or if you don't want to do the game or it's not your in your genre or it's not in your wheelhouse, let me know. Send it to me and I'll get somebody in the staff to handle it. That's all I want. Not being a dick about it. <clears throat> And everybody agreed to that. Whenever anybody would become a reviewer on the website, I would tell them this is how we handle it. Well, Josh didn't like that. So Josh would just take shit and not tell me. And it created a lot of problems. That was one thing. But, but that's my one rule. That's that, that is no, the I know. only rule. But what you're talking about here with this this person online is I don't, I don't think anybody that knows you thinks of you like that. I think if you know, Glenn, you know, he's a generous guy. I can't tell, like you remember coming to PAX, you would take me to dinner with you. Cause those guys, those one guys would buy you dinner at Roots. Yeah, Randy State and uh, Brian. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. Were you great. would take me to dinner just cause it was a free dinner. <laughs> like, well, I never, <laughs> no, I never, action. I never did I that because I, about that. I never expected that they were going to do that, but I just no, wanted I, to get together. No, I agree with you. I just thought it was really cool that you would include me in stuff like that. Oh God, Jason, you're you, no, I know. I know. Out of all I'm the just, people I've ever met through PS Nation, one of my best You friends. are a super generous, super nice guy. Oh. And I think when I was in in Milwaukee to go to see Predator with you, I don't remember paying for anything. Probably not. Probably not. Because that's kind of my upbringing. Is yeah, you're the host. You you know. It's it's my old school Frank Sinatra mentality, I guess. Exactly, you're a classic. <laughs> <laughs> Who loves you, baby? Oh wait, that was Bojack. Um, I don't even know what the fuck we were talking about anymore. But anyway, but uh, you know, not to air out all of our dirty laundry and all that, but <clears throat> it 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 really gets frustrating, and and you, I should be used to it after so many years. Like it's in the in the quote public eye. But it really annoys me when somebody makes such a broad generalization of you without knowing you at all. But that's and, what people do on Twitter. That's the oh, whole I understand point. it. Yeah. And I think from my standpoint, there's a, there's a reason why Stuart came on your podcast. There's a reason why David Jaffe came on your podcast. You're a really genuine person. You're, an, you're obviously a pure gamer. I think if you weren't doing this, you're playing video games anyway. I was today, yeah. Yeah, you're. I mean, oh, I got a story about that too. Okay, let's hear. So, so I have the Sony A9G TV. I talked about it a little bit on the podcast before. Jason actually has the year before. He has the A8G. Yeah. We we got them the got same them at time. The same time. <clears throat> so one thing about that TV is that it's actually completely built on top of Android TV. Like the Sh- Nvidia Shield TV is an Android TV device, so I know it really well. So I I just absolutely adore this TV. But I had a problem yesterday, and that was the cool part about this TV, since it's a Sony TV, if I launch my PS4, it automatically switches to that HDMI input. It recognizes that it's a PS4, that it's turned on, it switches the HDMI input. So yesterday morning, it did that, but all I got was a black screen. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? 
so reset my PS4. I thought maybe something just didn't sync or whatever. Same thing happened. Okay, this isn't good. Well, I had already I had when I got the new TV, I bought some really high end HDMI cables. I got three or four of them. One for yeah. PS4, one for Xbox One. One. I thought I need the Shield TV. I don't use it down there anymore because the TV has it built in. <clears throat> but I'm like, well, I wanted to swap it out anyway. So maybe the maybe the HDMI cable went bad. So I. I, I I get behind the TV, change out the cable, turn it back on, nothing again. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I thought I started thinking, oh shit, the video on my sweet Spider-Man limited edition PS4 Pro died, and I'm like, what what am I gonna do? You know, but I but yeah. I had the football games coming up, so I wasn't gonna have too much more time to dick with it. Did you buy that Spider-Man from Mark, or were you selling that to him? I bought. <laughs> I, uh, I seem to remember there was a deal in the world. I had done a pre-order on GameStop because they were really hard to find. Oh, no, I did a pre-order yeah. on Best Buy first. And then they kept telling me, like, you're not going to get it right away. I'm like, well, shit. Oh, whatever. But then I had gotten it from GameStop. And I got, I think I got a deal on it or something. Or I had a coupon or not a coupon, but like a reward certificate or something. So I got it from GameStop. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I canceled the order on Best Buy. Well, they fucking still sent it to me and charge me. So there I have two of these Spider-Man PS4s. I'm like, well, fuck. And I was going to take it back. No big deal. And all of a sudden I, I texted Mark. I'm like, look at me balling. You know, I'm a baller. I got two of these. He's like, oh, I want one of those. And, which is funny because he had my launch day PS4 that I had pre-ordered from Amazon back then. Yeah. I'm like, do you even play the PS4? He goes, yeah, I really like it. <laughs> so we made this deal and, and I didn't upcharge him or anything. He just paid whatever it is for it. And I took it down to him and got my other PS4 back, which inevitably went to my parents' house, replaced my uh, 30th anniversary PS4 there. <clears throat> so yeah, he, he, he just paid the money for it. It was no big deal. But I remember the last, that day you did that, we were, we were riding in Sam's Tesla. Remember <laughs> this was, this is when it came to Milwaukee. And I remember yeah. one of the last conversations I had with Mark is both of us griping about the state of video games and how we don't play as much anymore. <laughs> and sure, sure well, enough. But you're both parents, so your your priorities change. Dude, I probably play twice as much as yeah. I used to. I do you now because I have more time on my hands. You'll go crazy. Kids will drive you crazy. <laughs> a, a wife will drive you crazy. You need time yeah. to game. Otherwise, yeah. you'll just go insane. Well, now that I'm doing the podcast again, I swear, people, we will talk about video games at some point. Uh, but that's We're it. We're starting I, to. I feel this responsibility again. Like I always felt this responsibility when we even started to be able to speak intelligently about not only what was coming, but what was already out. Yeah. And not just make wild accusations or, or, or guessing about anything about a game without actually having my hands onto it and try it, uh, which is something that always annoys me. And, and quite frankly, a lot of people on YouTube and a lot of people that do podcasts, that's all they do. They fucking guess. Does this go back to the old mine card in uh, <laughs> Uncharted? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, what a great one that was. Um, but so because of that, now I'm actually, I'm broadening my horizons a little bit because quite frankly, I play Modern Warfare way too much. You do. Like, you play Modern more Warfare, than I do. Well, it's funny when, because it came out in the middle of the year or toward the probably the third quarter, so, I think it came out. It it's did. my most played game on the PS4 last year. Yeah, because PlayStation sent out that 
thing, you know, giving you your, your synopsis of 2019. And my top three games are not in this order, because I don't remember what the order is anymore, but it's Modern Warfare, it's Battlefield Five, and it's the third one. But they're all three first-person shooters. <laughs> You're going to hate me, but I'm pretty sure mine is Death Stranding. Well, you, yeah, but you finished the game, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm on my second playthrough. My God. Yeah, we can talk about that and what you oh, play sure and what you're will. watching. Yeah. Sure <clears throat> oh, here we go. See your stats. Let's bring this up really quick. <clears throat> yeah, you don't need to show me all the little glitz. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is even funnier. So 93 hours in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. <laughs> Jesus. 72 hours in Call of Duty Black Ops 4, which I don't even like that much. 72 hours. And then uh, the third game, Battlefield 5. So apparently I like first-person shooters. You like first-person shooters, but there's something about those games that's immediate. Like, you can immediately jump on, grind out whatever uh, angst you've got built up during the day, and just shoot people. It's that, but also I really like playing against other people. I've always had this beef against playing against against AI because AI can be figured out. And and where this all came from is really Quake days, Uh, like Quake World with Quake 3 or even Quake 1 uh, with Quake World. That's when I started figuring out that I would much prefer to play humans because you're always playing something different. And most of the time it's in first person shooters because I like a lot of action. Doesn't it trip you out that I'll I still run into gamers that don't play online games? They're like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't trip me out. I, I know a lot of people like that. I know, but it's. I did a podcast the, for a bunch of years of with somebody like that. Is getting on, figuring out the patterns of other people, yeah. and kind of testing yourself against, you know, yeah, other other people's ability. I agree. That's and one and of the things I, I love about video. I've always considered it that kind of brain training or just keeping things awake a little so bit. Just a way to kind of nurture your competitive side a little bit. Yeah. Definitely. In your off time. Yeah. I mean, if you look back in my in my gaming history, uh, as soon as I got onto PC, then it was Doom, Doom 2, Quake, Duke Nukem, a lot of first-person shooter stuff right away. As soon as that genre kind of developed i was on it like yeah i played quake world all the time uh when it finally got online <clears throat> and quake 3 christ for years we were getting together at this guy's house in brookfield of all places a uh, friend of adam's that we would go to his house and we'd all hook up our pcs and play like i think it was four on four and we played quake what, 3 all what day year are we talking about glenn oh, like, what year would that be because <sighs> i think i was a little late to the party like i I didn't really start playing online shooters till Halo came out. And then we do like LAN parties. And that's when I really started getting into like competitive yes. online shooting. Dean, I hate Halo. And then Halo 2 came out and then that was it. That's just what we played. Halo is a different thing for me because it was a big deal for console gamers. No, because yeah, it was really that's the first right. big gamer, first person so. shooters in console. But at that time, I was PC Master Race. I'd been yeah. playing first person shooter for years. I actually played Halo all the way through on PC, and I hated it because how redundant it was. When all of a sudden you had to go all the way back through pretty much the entire campaign, I hated it. And I hated how the guns felt. I hated how the interaction worked between like the bullets or whatever you were shooting at the enemies. I hated it, yeah. and I still hate it. I actually just tried to play the first Halo the other day, and I, I fucking hate it. <laughs> but, oh God, I don't remember the... 
I'd have to ask Rock. My sense of time is gone after the stroke. Well, yeah. I mean, we look up. Me and you were the same age. We look up. It's 2020. It's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> How did that happen? I graduated high school in 1990. My 30-year reunion is supposed to happen this year. I, I know. Think 30 years, dude. 30 years from when we were born, there was Nazis. Yeah. Like, like, and now you look back 30 years, it was, it's, it's the PlayStation one. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy. I mean, and the funny thing is I was right in the middle of it after high school, working at electronics boutique and whatnot. And it's not like I wasn't part of the industry or something like these people that work at GameStop nowadays think they are, but that was still probably one of the best jobs I've ever had in my life. Working at EB. Oh, really? Oh, I made bullshit for money and, quite... and the company screwed me but i had a blast at that job yeah i bet i loved it that was the job we all wanted by the way well it was funny because the game store i worked in oak park mall in kansas city which it's, it's in overland park kansas which is a really kind of higher income area and a lot of the kansas city chiefs and some of the royals would come into our store even though we weren't right by mission hills but uh, like Joe Montana's wife and kids came into our store when he played for the Chiefs. Oh, Christian yeah. Okoye came into our store. I got to know some of these people. Not great, but I knew them. And, yeah. but it was such an it was an easy job. It was fucking easy as hell. But m- my managers were so bad. They were both named Steve. They're, the first Steve didn't last very long, and the second Steve I still have him on Facebook, but. Uh, I was essentially running our store for a while. I was doing the payroll. I was doing the schedule, everything else. I, I talked almost every day to our area manager in Iowa and I tried to become an assistant manager because I was doing the work anyway. And EB was such a, a progressive company that because I didn't have a college degree, I couldn't be an assist, assistant manager. I'm like, oh. what the fuck? Even though I was doing the job and I, I got paid shit. So that's why I think the buyer there, like, gave me some leeway because we were our store performed really really well yeah and part of that is because we built up a reputation because the people that worked in the store i don't remember the, everybody's name anymore but we had a really good staff like a knowledgeable you guys were staff. legit you weren't a bunch of we, you know you the guys nowadays no hey, bro, what place it's was smash brothers <laughs> it's embarrassing being a grown man and going into a GameStop, <laughs> especially know. if my wife is there. Then it's I like, haven't oh, been to a GameStop in so long. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I like the indie stores better because then you can you go to an indie game store nowadays. And it's talking about Super Nintendo, so talking about Jaguar, talking about Turbo Graphics. You know, all the we stuff. have those. They're just downtown, and it's like 30, 40 minutes for me, so I never get to those. And plus, then you got to deal with people downtown Seattle. Ugh. All the bums and the. Harold, the opiate crisis <laughs> that's everywhere poop in the streets <laughs> again it's everywhere <laughs> except here in town it's cow poop in the streets so that's right yeah um yeah it, it, i don't even know what we're talking about anymore but it is funny i mean i've still got some i i have a couple of really good friends that i know because of me working at eb like i became really good friends with a lot of people that used to come in as customers yeah. And I mean, I still talk to a couple of them to this day. That's cool. Yeah. That was a, that was a, I didn't make shit for money, but it was a fun goddamn job. You're like one uh, the, Kevin Spacey in American beauty. You need to get back in there. <laughs> God, <laughs> I can't that? even imagine working at a GameStop with all the bullshit. Those Could you imagine. Yeah. And all the, all the, uh, do you want a warranty? 
It's now gay. Do you want a disc protection? Like, <sighs> no, I just want the game. What's that? You want to trade in your limited edition, only 100 made of this special, super special helmet? Uh, we'll give you 10 bucks. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm so glad we didn't have that to deal with when I worked at EB. No, because so I genuinely glad. remember going into Electronics Boutique uh, and you could kind of no internet okay so back in the day if you wanted to find out about a game that was kind of yeah. what you did you went yeah. into the game store and those guys would know like and you they were a source of information so you'd you'd spend a lot of time bullshitting about games and oh yeah and trying to figure out where your 50 bucks should go it it was funny because i remember vividly we had this employee meeting one morning and our manager steve was annoyed steve too steve too he was annoyed, and you could tell. He didn't say it out loud, but you could tell he was annoyed because people would come into the store looking for either me or one of the other guys. They, they had one person they trusted, and it was never Steve. <laughs> and he <laughs> was annoyed Steve. at it. You could tell, and, and he brought it up, and he, and he said something to the effect. I mean, this is how many years ago? It was 93. Yeah. And he basically said something like, you know... We've got people here that have their own crowd. Like somebody will come in here looking for, I'll say Justin. I think it was, was his name. Somebody will come in here looking for Brad. And then one of the guys said, and Glenn's got his own Kool-Aid drinking cult. And we all had a laugh. <laughs> but, I mean, that literally is what would happen there. And we would never get in trouble. That was the cool thing. Like you could sit and bullshit with people unless you were super busy at Christmas time. Because Santa Claus actually sat right in front of the store. So we got a lot of traffic that way, but we, we had a lot of leeway. We could sit there and bullshit with people for a while. And, and you just got to know people. And <clears throat> I started working at another store called, at, at a little mall called mission center, which was right down the street from where I lived, uh, which they just tore that building down apparently. But it was so frustrating even back then. And it's, it's like I, the IT world today, they would hire these managers on and these assistant managers on only because they had a college degree. And I was on this job right out of high school, basically. So I didn't, I didn't go to college right out of high school because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I yeah. remember they hired this woman. I don't remember her name. She's a redhead. Didn't know a fucking thing about anything computer-wise, game-wise, nothing. <clears throat> She's clueless. Nice woman, but clueless in terms of what that store dealt with. And they made her the manager of that Mission Center store because they needed oh. a manager. So, oh, you have a college degree. Come on over. And I would go to that store and work, and she would get annoyed because I was there and their sales were up. All of a sudden, their sales would go up for a couple of days because I worked there for like three or four days a week and then go back to my store and whatnot. And she would get so annoyed because I was... Why? Because they were performing better. I know. Because it wasn't her people doing it. You can't do it. Let others do it. Oh, egos egos are just a fickle thing. And I've dealt with... I see this a lot. In yeah. uh, in uh, the film critic community too, because there's a difference oh, yeah. between being a great writer, but also now you got to network, you got to sell it on social media, and so many people are inept at social media, just not personable at all. And yeah. It's like you're never going to build a readership if you just you can't drop something off. Here's a review off, and then just leave it and expect to get a following. You got to communicate. Agreed. You got to you got to sell people that you're one of them. I'm just a fan. I'm like you. I'm. And, and man, I would say 90% of film critics don't have that instinct. 
and it's it's baffling. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing, though. You know, the, a lot of them are probably in college for with an English degree or yeah. journalism degree or whatever. They don't teach you social media there. You have to. I mean, I didn't know any skills. social media before before starting PS Nation. I, Twitter didn't even exist back then. I don't think. Um, no, it's so all I really knew was forums and and going that route. And when we started, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. You know. It, it, did you were you kind of a board warrior like on message boards and stuff before? I did that. That's how uh, I got started. Right, only on a couple. Movies, by the way, I early on was Evil Avatar because before that it was Voodoo Extreme, and was all yeah. about the 3D effects card for PC. And I I was a 3D effects zealot. Like I have dual Voodoo Two cards, the whole thing. And with the early beginnings of the internet before Google even existed, it was really tough to try to find where you... Like, the internet was there, but you didn't know what the hell you wanted. You didn't know what the purpose of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know how to find anything. So I came across Voodoo Extreme, and I became a really, really big fan. Uh, And I was there all the time. And then uh, the Team Fremont guys, I found their podcast and forum somehow, probably a suggestion by somebody. And I was on their forums a lot. And then they decided to kill their forums because there were a couple of toxic people and they didn't want to deal with the bullshit anymore. Uh, but that's how I got to know Mark. That's how I got to know a lot oh, of the from people. forums. Yeah. From those forums, from Team Fremont. I mean, that's how PS Nation started was on their forums because I knew that's how I knew Jared from those forums. And then okay. back when I we started, it was funny because. I would always, I was, I'm very tenacious. So I would start doing, using my computer skills and social engineer. And I figured out some email addresses of people and I would contact them about getting review copies. And this is before yeah. the, the, the height of, like, this is before, before YouTube and all that bullshit. Yeah. And what, what we started learning was just simply doing a review on the podcast didn't work. And they had, PR had no ambition for that. They want something written that they could link to and, you know, yeah, do the numbers. They want something to pull quotes from, a score from. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, fuck, now we need a website. And I I talked to Mark about it. I'm like, do we want to get this serious about it? And luckily, somebody I used to work with, a friend of mine, JT, down in Madison, uh, wrote this pre-WordPress, like, GUI system that I knew about and I knew how to use because we used it at the job that we worked at. Yeah. And he set me up with a free website with a little bit of storage and everything. And, and the, the site was awful. I mean, it was just fucking terrible, <laughs> but that's where we started. And, and we got pursuit force after is before. I know. I'm sorry. It wasn't Mark. Pursuit was force on the PSP. Yep. That was the first oh. review game we got. And Jared did that review and we were posting our reviews on that website and then Jared left and Mark came on and we still had that shitty website. Uh, and then the one we have today started out as one, a listener that was in college for web design. Um, just emailed, emailed me one day. He's like, hey, I built you a website. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Suck on that fat Kev. Oh, my God. Just <laughs> fat boy Kev. Um, yeah, I mean... I've learned a lot. I have a similar, that's how I started, just message boards. And and I couldn't even tell you why I got on message boards. It was just yeah. I started started doing that. And then after a while, for one thing, I think it teaches you how to be personable and how to communicate and how to like uh, definitely defend your, your arguments, make arguments. 
And or you can just be an man, internet douchebag. Like, true. I was probably a little bit of that too. Yeah. But I think that that before social media, that's kind of what creates an online personality or, or a successful oh, sure, one. Sure. And I see a lot, what I see today is a lot of people just don't know how to do that. I agree. It's, they think it's all about them, but you know, if you want a readership, it's about the readership. Yeah. It's about the, the guy listening to the podcast and, well, and reading it, the reviews. The problem that I think a lot of sites have nowadays is, you know, we've got some really good writers. Yeah. Uh, people like Ray put a lot into what they write. Uh, and, you know, Sean's been doing a couple things for us now. And, and, uh, John's definitely doing the review for NHL next year. I didn't realize how big of a fan he was for NHL, but <clears throat> these guys do a really good job. And, and it's not like anybody's got some journalism degree. Uh, Raj actually kind of used PS Nation to to jumpstart his career in writing, though. he's Last I heard, he was like um, was running some soccer website or something like that over in Europe now. Oh, so nice. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it's cool that we were... And, and that was the whole thing about how I had to sell things to people like, you know, if, if you want to be a writer, we can't pay you because we don't make that much money. But if you're, you know, coming out of college and you need some work for your portfolio, come you right for us. Cred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, we get review copies. We can send you the game, the whole thing. And, and it worked out and it was nice to see that it actually worked for somebody, you know, for Raj, but <clears throat> I never wanted this to be a website. I never wanted, any of that. All I wanted was to just do this podcast and bullshit. You know, talk games to Mark. And I used to, I used to write for you. And like today, this week, I just sold my first article to a major, which is awesome, movie website. So yeah. doors open doors, and then that website will open another door. That's how it works. It's it's funny too because I mean I hate writing. I've done I it, love it, but I I have never really liked writing, like. And after the stroke, especially, I've got like this really bad writer's block. But the stuff I've written, I put a lot of time into. I remember the Gran Turismo 6 review I wrote. I put so much effort and research into writing that, that review. I actually had the, re- I sent a draft to the, to the producer that's a friend of mine. And I said, can you just fact check this for me? And he wrote back. He's like, "Holy shit, you did your you did your homework." Yeah, you did your homework. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a long review. But I'm a talker, you know. I I know. I like being on the microphone. I like talking, and and that's how I get my thoughts out. Just not. It's a little more stammering nowadays. But um, it, I never wanted a website, and I don't think Mark did either. And, and Mark obviously hated it because he had to do some design at the time and all that. But. Uh, you know, we just wanted to get together once a week I, and record and talk it. And talk I think mic. I suffer from advanced adult onset ADD. My <laughs> brain is taking so much information that when I write, it's the only time I can get things out clearly. Yeah, like I can I I get my stream of thought correct. Whereas when I'm talking, like right now, I'm talking to you, me and you talk all the time, so it's just natural. But yeah. I'm not I'm not nearly the talker you are. <laughs> well but i think that's that's kind of i've kind of cultivated that skill over the years too yeah you did you know you started a radio didn't you Wasn't i you? did but i wasn't on air very much i did voices on the air that's right yeah um i was i <clears throat> fell into that I, I was in eighth grade when i started doing that and never got paid or anything but i was a wash in in concert tickets 
Like I got to see Dude, Beastie Boys in their very to first tour. Oh my god! In the eighth grade, oh the kid god. in middle school with the concert tickets. I remember. I yeah. think it was eighth grade that I saw Alice Cooper, and I thought I was going to die because it was all like forty-something bikers, you know, and and shit like that. And I'm in, in this crowd going, and I was a small I'm kid. An eighth, <laughs> I'm an eighth grader. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I think it was a freshman in high school. I saw the Beastie Boys first tour, and they had girls dancing in cages. You were supposed to be 18 to get in the show, which I wasn't, but I was backstage and I was watching that whole show from backstage. I mean, I was backstage at Monsters of Rock at Arrowhead Stadium. I hung out with Scorpions, all kinds of shit. Yeah, we weren't even allowed to go to concerts when I was in eighth grade. (laughs) I don't I think the only concert I had been to before that when I lived in Wisconsin was I went to with my parents to downtown Milwaukee to the Paps Theater uh, went and saw Harry Belafonte. That was my first mm-hmm. quote unquote concert ever. My first concert was Loretta Lynn. Ooh. Fair. I think I was five or six. Neat. Yeah. This, that was a pretty good one. Yeah. You can do oh, a definitely. lot worse than Loretta Lynn. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's, it's been weird and I'm sure everybody's probably bored by now listening to this, but, um, it, it's weird. I mean, retiring for i think it was a couple of years i was gone or a year or whatever i've i've got such a different perspective on a lot of things now and i have to handle things differently because my memory is shot so i have no short-term memory anymore because of the stroke which i didn't have a great one anyway but like you and i so it was funny jason and i were going to record what was it friday or saturday i think we were trying to set up friday and I use this recording software that, that integrates into Skype on the Macintosh. And that's what I've used for years. Well, when I got on, Skype decided that it was going to update. And then all of a sudden, the recording that's software right. wasn't the right version. And I checked this morning, and it's still not. So what I found out the other day was that Skype itself has a, a recorder now. So that's what we're using. And normally, I make, make the other side of the conversation record their own part of the conversation. But Jason doesn't have that, have that uh, ability right now. So... Uh, hopefully this recorder works, but if the audio quality sucks, blame Jason and, and his earpods. Blame me. AirPods. Yeah, I got AirPods and an iPhone 6. Although that thing does end. sound really good. Those AirPods Thank sound you. great. Yeah, I'm impressed. So but anyway, what's on our agenda? Yeah. Um, so let's do the game stuff first, because obviously we're probably going to okay. talk movies for the rest after that. Uh, but some news items. Uh, I don't have a lot of news stuff opened up right now. Um, just want to bring up some topics, because I know that um, a lot of these are going to be pretty important for people that are, uh, are, are gamers that are listening maybe to this podcast. Didn't First a bunch up, of games just get dumped? Not dumped, but a lot of them got pushed back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You take it out. You take, you got it. It's fine. It's fine. So first <laughs> up, uh, final fantasy seven remake finally has a release date. I don't know if this had a date already and they moved it back. I think they did. Uh, but the new release date for it is April 10th, 2020. And the funny thing is, I'm really psyched for this game. And I own the original on the the PlayStation, but I didn't play it. I only played a few hours of it. But man, it looks awesome. They're redoing everything in in Unreal Engine. It looks beautiful, dynamic, the whole thing. But it's Final Fantasy VII, which is one of the most popular games in that series, as far as I know. Okay, so I wasn't a Final Fantasy player. Not much of an RPG guy. Is this the whole game, or is this just yeah. Final Fantasy VII Part One? No, or is they're it the re- entire game. 
they're remaking the entirety of Final oh, okay. Fantasy VII, like completely remaking it. It's not, it's not a port. It's not a remaster. Anything like that. It's completely being remade. Yeah, I really like this trend too. I like the Me too. Resident Evil Two, Resident yeah. Evil Three is coming out soon. It's cool. It's it's remaking some of our. Obviously, the gameplay wasn't so great way back when, so it's nice to play these old games updated. Yeah, updated controls. Well, not just that, but you have all this technology available now because one of the things about Final Fantasy VII was a lot of the backgrounds were pre-rendered and it looked great, but it was still on yeah. the original PlayStation. And now you have Unreal Engine, you're able to do everything dynamically and you know it, it's really cool cameras they can use now and a lot more color. And But the, the gameplay that I've seen uh, captured in the last few months, man, it looks really good. Looks are really you going to review that or are you... Andy, I won't I review know. it. I'm hoping that I, I'm really hoping that Andy has the time to do the review because I think okay. I mean that's one of the reasons we have Andy is for the RPG stuff. Uh, but the poor guy's been busy lately. But um, and no, that's going to be a bible of a review too. I'm sure. Oh sure. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, they're using the same story. So in the review itself, you don't have to really recount the story. You just have to kind of talk about the new game mechanics and whatnot. So. It, but you're going to definitely want someone that played the old one, too, right? Let, let's be honest. It'll probably be Ray. Okay. It, honestly, probably, if Andy doesn't have the time, it'll be Ray, probably. I mean, okay. I, I think this will be one that the staff fights over. I mean, I have to put a name in a hat, and, or all the names in a hat, and pick them out. Uh, <clears throat> another one that um, I'm actually really excited for, Ray is ridiculously excited for this, um, but from CD Projekt Red, Cyberpunk 2077 with Keanu so, Reeves. I have a friend that worked on that. No shit. Yeah, Brad. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to give his last name, but yeah, yeah he, he was there in the beginning of that. So I'm pretty excited for that game too. It's funny. I actually know some people at CD Projekt Red, and I've never played one of their games. You never played the Witcher Witcher series? No, and I have Witcher Three. I was going to play it for Extra Life two years ago. I was going to play it for Extra Life this year, and I never got around to it because of other games I was playing. <clears throat> yeah, but I want to play I Witcher. Had... Three. I had almost beaten that game, and I lost my my hard drive. Got wiped. Oh. It's been hard getting back, trying to trying to get back into an RPG and build up your yeah. weapons and stuff again. It just I just haven't been able to. But I put a lot of time. I played sixty, seventy hours into that game. But it's now that I've game. gone all the way through Horizon Zero Dawn, I have a better understanding of what will probably be in you know in 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 store for me with Witcher Three because I, I think they're yeah. pretty similar. So I do want to play it. I just need to take the time away from Modern Warfare. Uh, but Cyberpunk 2077 looks fucking awesome. Uh, it got delayed. I think originally, some people are speculating that it was delayed because it was going to come out the same time the Final Fantasy VII Remake was coming out. And quite quite honestly, you don't want both of those games hitting at the same time. You just don't. Nah. Uh, yeah. I like this trend. I mean, I've always been someone that, you know, when we see a delay like this, I'm fine with it because I would rather you spend the extra time and make the game great. Yeah, get the product. Don't rely on a patch a, a month later. Uh, so, delayed to September 17th. I personally think that this is probably going to be a launch title for PS5 and the new Xbox. Uh, or one or the other. There might be a timed exclusivity. You think they're going to bump it clear back to... Uh, I think PS5 might come out this year. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think Xbox, the new Xbox, might come out this year. Uh, I'm pretty sure of it, actually. I don't know yet. But it's not usually my type of game. 
but I've been watching some gameplay footage and everything else, and I'm really psyched for it. Uh, it's got that Blade Runner-ish, you know, cyberpunk. Yeah, cyberpunk. Obviously. I mean, yeah, they basically I mean, created cyberpunk. that genre. Yeah, but it, it, dude, Keanu Reeves is in it. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm a big fan He's of his. The man. He's he the is. man. He's fucking awesome. Uh, so delayed to September 17th. Could we, so got, could we go back to an old point we were talking about? Keanu Reeves understands person personal contact too. Yeah, every video I've seen with him, he's great with people. Like he's there's great a guy with people, that, but do you ever see any pictures that he takes with fans and he won't put his armor on them? Yeah, would you? No, but he's They're smart so about cute. it. Yeah. So he never gets implicated in any bad touches or you know any anything like that. He's really smart about it. But it's funny because I was for years Keanu Reeves to me was kind of a buffoon, maybe because of the Bill and Ted thing, Bill and whatever. Ted and and Parenthood. He was so good in Parenthood. Though. Oh, he's amazing in Parenthood. But yeah, uh, he and Nicolas Cage have—they're like my, two of my favorite actors nowadays. For the last few years, I also yeah. love on your list that you had Mandy on there. Yes, I read oh. you, read your list. Oh, you did the top fifty. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Cyberpunk twenty seven seven uh, twenty seventy seven delayed to September seventeenth. Then you got Final Fantasy seven remake a few months before that on April tenth. So spacing it out pretty well. And and the cool thing about this, I think, also is we're kind of in a weird limbo right now because the new consoles are on the horizon. You've got the current consoles, which are performing very well, but. You, I think you're going to see a shift with developers this year, especially where you may not see as many games, bigger games hitting the current gen consoles because they're aiming them for the new ones. So I think yeah, you're either going to see something like, like that. Yeah. I think this is definitely going to be a game that's going to come out on PS4 and PS5 and also Xbox one and Xbox seven or whatever the fuck they're going to call it. Um, I think you're going to see this one hit across the board. And it'll probably be one of those titles that's going to show off the, the power of the new consoles as well. So that'll be pretty cool. I mean, man, every I, I started hunting down gameplay video of that game, and it just looks awesome. It looks it's definitely one of the titles I want to I I want to play this year because you're right. There isn't much coming out that we know of this year that looks super exciting. I think Ghosts yeah. of uh, is it Tsushima. Ghost looks really, really Tsushima, cool. Which I keep hearing is also going to be a launch title for PS5. Yeah. And it might actually get shifted to only being PS5. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to get PS5. one anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's no, no way I'm not getting that. <clears throat> uh, and then also, this, this next item kind of mixes in with this, but uh, Microsoft confirmed that first party games for Xbox next gen will also be compatible with the Xbox One. So they're actually going to handle that transition themselves. Of course, you can make the joke that, okay, so Forza and Halo are gonna, and Gears are going to work. Uh, but yeah. they, they just bought all those new studios, so you're going to see some more stuff. Yeah. This first party for Xbox One sucked. I mean, you don't have an Xbox One, so you don't know that. But No, I don't know. First party for Xbox One was fucking terrible. I mean, I mean, Crackdown 3 is cool. Well, Crackdown 3, they've got uh, Ori, The Blind Forest, which is kind of a Metroidvania game. <clears throat> they've got Forza Horizon and Forza. Um, all the Halos. Gears you know, 5, I think, right? Gears 5, which just came out. Yeah. Uh, 
that's about it. I mean, first party has been insanely bad on Xbox One, just in terms of the numbers. And also, I mean, Gears 5, I'm playing it slowly. I'm getting through it. Uh, I just don't like the gameplay in any of the Gears games. I don't like the mechanics of it. Uh, but Gears 5, I mean, it looks good. It's an Unreal game, obviously, because uh, that's where it all started. But, um, I mean, I'll talk about it later, but I actually played some Halo 5 recently, and I uh, went back to Crackdown 3 and stuff. But you start looking at how thin the offerings were first-party-wise on the Xbox One, and it kind of makes you laugh. Um, I was going to ask you, this is kind of on topic, but as far as Unreal goes, Unreal Unreal Tournament 4, have you ever heard anything about that? Is that ever going to come out? <sighs> or were you an Unreal Tournament player? Because I really like Unreal Tournament 3. Which is funny, I never liked Unreal Tournament. One of my favorite shooters. Yeah, uh, I've got a good side story about Unreal Tournament too, but I haven't heard anything, but that's something that Epic would never hint at. I think that's one of the things that they would just drop on people. Oh, okay. So, Unreal Unreal Tournament was it 20 or 2004 maybe or something like that one of the newer unreal tournaments a company built a stat system for that game and you could actually track your stats and everything on a website one of my best friends in high school in kansas city it was his company he and another guy owned that company yeah they got bought up by microsoft and they actually were the ones that built the first xbox live Really? Yeah, my friend Mike. He lived out in huh. Seattle for a while. He's, I think he's in D.C. now, but <clears throat> this is a guy that was one of my best, absolute best friends in high school in Kansas City. Uh, insanely wow. smart guy, but I remember getting, <clears throat> I went back to Kansas City one time and met up with him for lunch, and he was telling me all about it. He's like, yeah, we built this. If you look in the back of the box, our company's right there. I don't remember what it is anymore, but you know that that's our, that's my company. He goes, me and another guy wrote all this. It was all these stats, tables, and everything else, and about months later, I don't remember how long it was, but months later, he's like, oh, we got bought up by Microsoft. I'm like, ugh. I'm like, is that it? And he's like, no, I'm going to work for Microsoft. And then a couple months later, I'm doing this thing called Xbox Live. <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very smart guy. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Unreal Tournament, it's funny. I, I never liked it. I, I own it, and I play it, but I was an id guy. Quake was it for me. Yeah, and Unreal Tournament just I, I I play a lot of the mods. I mean, I talked a lot about the mod stuff when we uh, did some interviews with Cygnos, uh, not Cygnosis, um, Psionics Studio that does Rocket League, because um, we know those guys pretty well, and and they got popular working on Unreal Engine uh, and many different iterations of the engine because they became kind of experts at it. So they would beef games up for people and polish them up. Uh, and that's how uh, Super Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars was one of the only successful uh, Unreal Engine games on the PS3 because most games for the Unreal Engine ran like shit on PS3. But yeah, uh, Battle Cars did great. Huh. But that was their whole business model until Rocket League took off, and now they're now fucking yeah, uh, now they're uh, a... epic bottom. So yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, it's uh. God, I haven't thought about that game in years. I would suck at that game now. Man. Yeah, you had to be. I mean, that's one one of the things I loved about Unreal Tournament is there was a definite skill tier. It, you run into a person that's better than you, you're going to eat it. Well, there, it took a while to get really, really good at Unreal Tournament. 
Yeah, the, 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 the big difference with that one, it, it also had vehicles. Yeah, and, it did. and little surfboards. Yeah, little surfboards, but you'd have those vehicles that you could put the blades out and actually cut guys' heads off if you got close enough yeah. to them and you were zipping Pinch by. Them in, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but I'm sure I have those boxes somewhere because I own all those games. First-person shooter, of course, I loved it. Yeah, you got it. Uh, next up, I'm actually thinking about getting one of these. Um, Zen Studios has partnered with uh, Arcade One Up. Arcade One Up is that company that makes all those new old arcade game cabinets. So they have like Burger Time and Burger Astro. Time. I just saw advertised. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's their big one. Uh, they're going to be bringing Digital Pinball home with uh, Zen Pinball in it, or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, the Star Wars Zen Pinball and everything else. It, but it's it looks like a real pinball machine, and it's got an so LCD. It's a stand-up pinball machine. Stand-up pinball machine with an LCD table. Uh, nice. Play field, yeah. And there's other companies that have done those tables before, and Zen has worked with them in the past as well. But the thing about this one is it's a lot more approachable, a lot more affordable than those other ones, because the other ones were really expensive. Can you bump it, too? I mean, does it have a tilt? I think they said that it's going to have sensors in it, so you can bump it, yeah. Oh. Well. Yeah. They showed it off at CES. I haven't really seen a lot of good info because. God, that would be so uh, cool. Yeah. I'm, I've always balked at having arcade games. I have an arcade game. I have a NBA Maximum Hangtime cabinet out in my garage, four player cabinet. And yeah. too fucking big. I don't want it in my house. But yeah, I've thought about it pinball? Many, many, many times. Especially pinball if you can hack cool. that and put the others in pinball stuff on it, which you might be able to. Yeah, all yeah. the Marvel pinball games; those were great. All the stuff they can't get licenses for anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Family Guy, anything Viacom, <laughs> South Park, Family Guy—that's the stuff they always have problems with. <clears throat> but uh, that's pretty badass. Uh, no prices that have been set, as far as I can tell. Um, but if you are a pinball fan, if you were an old school listener of this podcast because of our extensive pinball coverage for years, um, yeah, yeah, this this is pretty cool. But Zen, it sounds like Zen's really not involved too much. They, they, they've just been kind of the partner for having the game content. And Arcade One Up themselves are handling a lot of this. So, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm very interested. Even though I can't really play pinball anymore with my left hand. God, uh, I really, now hit. you're making me want to fire up my PS3 and play some of those old tables. It was funny. Because um, Pinball FX on PS4 now, they have a lot of the Williams tables that used to be... Um, with Pinball Arcade. Yeah. Farside Studios lost the licenses and they brought a lot of those Williams tables and everything over to the Zen side. So when Rock was here last time, we booted a shitload of those up and we were playing all those Williams tables on there. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. High speed and everything. Uh, a, a, go ahead, Glenn. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's a, it was a... Growing up, I worked in construction and every lunch hour we would take, we all played pinball. Nice. So go to Seven Eleven, get a burrito, and play pinball for an hour. That was most of my childhood. So my stepdad <laughs> likes to tell the story. Uh, he lived in St. Louis for a bunch, uh, like early on in his life, and he would go to this bar for lunch, and they had a pinball machine there. And he actually would play pinball with Jack Buck all the time, who's Joe Buck's dad. He was the oh, long-time really? uh, Cardinals announcer for the baseball team in St. Louis. Yeah. My stepdad knew Jack Buck from... Just pinball. Played pinball with him at lunchtime all the time. <laughs> he loves telling that story. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, and the last bullet point for uh, news items. Uh, Sony has announced that they're skipping E3 again. Surprise. Yeah, it's fine. It's not a big deal. They're going to have all their own shit for the PS5 launch this year, or for all the reveals and whatnot, um, you know, showing the design off and all that stuff. Yeah. E3, this is something that I would always, I, I've really had an opinion about for the last couple of years, because ever since E3 started letting the public in, it got so crowded. And so I thought soiled. it. Well, it's not really soiled. I, I don't want to. I don't want to feel or act pretentious about. It. Yeah, it, 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 this isn't where I'm getting at, but it, no, it got so crowded. Like when they would open the doors, it was like packs, or it was just this big fucking, you know, your Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. And I personally didn't care about the public being in there in terms of having time at the game, is because we set up appointments. Like your whole three days is scheduled. For appointments but the problem is you're walking from one hall to the other walking around the floor to try to get to that appointment and it's a goddamn nightmare yeah and also i still contend that's what fucking pax is for and there's pax, and PAX is a nightmare Julia, pax fucking sucks i hate pax i'm I, yeah if i ever have the the choice i'm never going to pax again i hate it <laughs> I, yeah i think the last <laughs> time i was at pax was with you probably Just oh, right, convention centers terrible god yeah um but ever since that's happened it's not just sony a lot of companies have pulled out and microsoft is really the only like the last bastion of the bigger publishers that stays and i'm sure there's a reason and that's trying to get as much exposure as possible because the xbox one is a flop comparatively it's a flop Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, sales wise they're trying everything they can uh, I think Game Pass is is helping them quite a bit, and rightfully so. Uh, it's killing what they're doing with PlayStation now, but Sony skipping it. I wouldn't. I don't know, folks. If anybody's listening, what do you think about Sony skipping E3? Put it in the forums. I'll, I'll start a thread in the forums. But I personally think it's fine. I really number one. There's no way I'm going to E3 this year anyway because my hip still needs to be replaced. <laughs> Old man Percival, but. Uh, <laughs> E3, the last time I went to E3, I really didn't get too much out of it. Because things have really changed. And EA, doing their stupid EA play thing at an off-site facility was a nightmare. Because that one was way far away from the Staples Center. Because the year before, they did it across the street from the Staples Center. It was right there. But uh, two years ago, I think it was when I was at E3 or three years ago, they were on Sunset Boulevard, which is a good... 45 minutes away from downtown in LA traffic. So you're fucking humping it all the way out there for what, you know, it, it, it sucked, but that's what was started happening. Like Activision was pretty smart about it. They didn't have much on the floor, but they had some, they had a presence on the floor, but then they had big meeting rooms set up and that was great because then you could get access to things. You could talk to developers because that's what you have to do as media is you want to not just play the game standing up in front of it and you couldn't hear it because it's so goddamn loud in the place. But you get the chance to talk to the developer or producer or whatever, you know, and, and get the lowdown on the game. And yeah, again, you know, people are like, oh, you're just being pretentious and whatnot. You're not because <clears throat> we're paying a lot of money to go out to LA to cover these events. And you're on a very sh- tight leash in terms of time available. Three days. And 
depending on how many people you have there, there's only how much you can really cover. And you're trying to get all this done. And anything that hinders you trying to get that coverage done is frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. And it's not a cheap trick. Uh, a cheap trick. It's not a cheap, cheap trick. trick. <laughs> it's a I mean, I want you to want me, but... Um, <laughs> It, it's not cheap and you're eating in LA and anything in that area isn't cheap <clears throat> at all. You know, it, and, and that's the whole thing about it. It's not like we're sitting on a pile of money. Like Josh always thought, you know, you got to manage the budget and you're paying yeah. for everyone to go to this and you know, buying dinner for everyone and buying food for everyone. And it would always frustrate me when we'd go to the grocery store. And this is the same way. Anytime you go to the grocery store with Josh, like for extra life or whatnot, he would fucking load up. It would be like two two weeks worth of food. And you're there for three days. You know, our last Airbnb we had, they got so much food. I'm like, guys, we're not going to eat all this. <laughs> I mean, yes, we have Emra with us and we know he eats a lot, but even he's got his limits. But then we, if, if Sony like we does their own thing, if Sony does their own thing, are you going to go to that? If I get an invite, yeah, I'll go to it. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. That'd be awesome if we get to go to that again because the ps4 launch or the ps4 reveal was a lot of fun it was josh and i at the manhattan center and i told you a story about that before yeah Uh, because i learned a lot about gaming media in general at that event uh yeah and then it became a point of contention but the ps4 launch that was in new york city they had it really tied down and i was the only one from the team that got an invite and i was trying my hardest doesn't believe me but i was trying my hardest to try to get josh an invite because he lives there he's like right across the river you know and plus it'd be nice for the team to be there and we can talk about it intelligently on the podcast and i couldn't get him an invite and when i got to the event i realized oh this isn't isn't an uncommon thing they locked that shit down and we were lucky enough because we got the ps4 we got an early ps4 preloaded with i think it was like every launch game okay so i had already been playing a ps4 like two or three weeks before this event and so i go to the event and you got a badge with it was a photo id you got a wristband and then you got you had to go through UI training. So you had to sit down with somebody. It was, and I had Grace Chen. I had to sit down with her and she would show me how all the stuff on the menu worked. Well, I already knew because I'd been messing with the PS4 for a couple of weeks. It's me and Andrew Yoon actually uh, sat down and and Grace is super nice and she's always fun to talk to. And we kind of kept it light, but once you did the UI training, they give you a dog tag. It was a black dog tag with the PlayStation symbol on it. uh, the, The four symbols on it. Then you were told, so this is all down on the first floor. And then in your badge holder, you had a, 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 not a map, but a list of room numbers in the hotel and which game was in that room. So all these hotel rooms, they took all the furniture out, the beds and everything, and they had a specific game set up in each one of those rooms. And then you would, the PR people were supposed to take you to each one of those rooms. You had to have like a, 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 an escort to every one of the rooms. Well, and it was on three floors. So you would just look at it and like, oh, I want to I see Battlefield 4. Sure. I want to I see Metal Gear Solid 5. 
get the opportunity to interview Kojima and not do it because you're such an idiot about the Metal Gear stuff that you don't know yeah. what to ask. <laughs> like I did. But my my PR manager, I'm I'm pretty good friends with her. And early on, she's like, just fucking go. She's like, just get on the elevator and go. You're, we trust you, which was awesome. Yeah. So you just got yeah, I, free I, reign. Over I wanted it. And, you know, yeah. I went hung out with the Young Horses guys for Octodad and uh, which I'd already played at their studio and, and it was, it was great. But at the same time, I don't really hang out with a lot of games media. I know a couple of them, but at that event, I really didn't know many. I didn't really, I didn't really associate with many of them like Steven Totillo. And I mean, I get along with Brian Crescente and I talked to him quite a bit at New York city comic con, but you know, I'm not, I'm in Wisconsin. I'm not at one of these bigger companies like IGN sure. whatever so I mean I was kind of a loner for the whole time I was at that thing I would hang out with some of the PR people that they were busy so I was bummed I wanted Josh there I wanted to be able to talk to him about stuff and discuss things and I had none of that but you learn how I mean there were some pretty well known people that didn't get invites to that event mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the funny thing was so the restaurant, you they would provide all the meals, and the restaurant's up on the top floor, and go up there and get food, and it was good food, and you could see the city a little bit. It was a nice view, <clears throat> and I'm in one of the rooms, and somebody I knew from one of the game sites, he's like, "Did you get your gift yet?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "You didn't, you didn't go upstairs and get your gift." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Go find oh. your PR person," because everybody had a PR person assigned to them. That's the one that told me to just go do what I wanted to. Well, she was supposed to tell me that I was supposed to go upstairs and get this gift. I'm like, what? So I went and found her and she's like, Oh geez, I forgot to tell you that. Yeah. So I go upstairs and they have a table way back in the corner and I see another PR person. I know I'm like, I'm supposed to come back here and get something. She goes, you haven't gotten it yet. I'm like, no. All of a sudden she grabs a bag and she, here's a ps4 and here's all these games and i'm like what the fuck oh she was, nice it's our gift and it was literally every launch title an extra controller a camera a ps4 it was everything and they nice. etched my name in it which I, i've talked about before but and my first reaction is like holy shit this is awesome even though i have a ps4 at home already but this is awesome i said but oh my god now i have to i had this Mungus suitcase with camera and recording. I mean, it was probably, I think it was like 80 pounds or something. Yeah. Where am I going to put this thing? There's no way I'm, I'm checking this luggage. I'm going to have to check that bag with all the shit in it. Cause I'm not putting this in. Someone's going to steal it. Yeah. Cause it hadn't been, it wasn't launched yet. The, the actual launch, of the PS4 didn't happen until I got home. Cause I left early. So, I'm like, maybe I'll just FedEx at home. Maybe I'll just... So I go to the hotel, you know, the front desk of the hotel. I'm like, hey, I, you guys do shipping here? Like, yeah, yeah. I said, well, can I box this up and I'm just going to ship it home? And all of a sudden, one of the PR people walks by me. She's like, what are you doing? I'm, like, I'm shipping this home. I said, I, it's just me and I have all this equipment and everything. I said, I don't really have an easy way to carry it. <clears throat> she goes, you can't do that. I'm like, what are you talking about? She says, the PS4 hasn't shipped yet. Which means you can't ship it. I'm like, are you serious? She goes, you can't. You have to take it with you. You can't ship it. I'm like, what am I breaking the law? And they were adamant about it. 
you're not shooting yeah. this. So the whole time I'm on the plane and it was packed and the assholes put me on an earlier flight, which I didn't need because I had a big layover in Chicago already. And I'm like, I don't need this earlier flight. And she's like, well, the other flight's full too. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Terrible flight home or back to uh, Chicago. But I'm so looking behind that me. thing on your lap. No. So it was in a bin, but it was like five rows behind me on the other side. Oh, because yeah. it was packed the whole time. Anytime I would see anybody walk near that overhead bin, I was so paranoid. I'd look back. Yeah. Like, and I, and I they give me a vest and a, a hoodie and everything, too. So in the bag that the PS4 was in, I put the hoodie in the bag like I covered it up. So nobody kind of wrapped it. I was so paranoid. Yeah. And I'm sure it was, you know, not really needed but i was so paranoid i i thought that you know going through security at the airport they were going to try to swipe my ps4 and all that i mean i was i was seriously paranoid and that's when i did the unboxing video from chicago because i had all this free time in chicago waiting for my new my next flight it was like in terminal c at three in the morning with my cell phone I'm like well fuck it <laughs> i got a ps4 <laughs> out here but yeah i mean it, it's shit like that that i'm sure was always a problem and I know Josh was really pissed about that and he blamed it on me. And I'm like, what am I, what do you want me to do? I said, I'll even send you the email where they said they can't, we can't do it. Yeah. Water under the bridge. Oh yeah. But I mean, it's shit like that for so many years. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike when I was doing this with Mark and we're such good friends that we just did it. I, I, I said something to Mark a few months ago. I'm like, remember when we did this just to have fun? Yeah. Just for fun. Those were the good, Yeah. Oh, I remember. Then you have to have a website. Salad years. Yeah. Then you have to have a website. So you have to pay for the website. So then you have to try to get revenue somehow. Then you have to do this. You have to do this. And it's great because you get opportunity. I mean, we've gotten a lot of opportunities from a lot of companies and stuff that I never... What would you be doing if you weren't? I mean, you're... I just get the feeling you're kind of like me. You're still going to be playing video games. You're still going to want to talk about them. Um... So is it not fun? It is gotten to that point. I I'm still getting back into the swing of things with this, and I'm yeah. still. I, I, I had a big discussion actually with the writers today because we lost a lot of listeners over the last couple of years, and I'm still trying to decide if it's worth fighting again because I honestly feel like we're at square two. We're back at square two where we have a good base, but a lot of the people that have been part of the community for so many years are gone. And, uh, I was playing with uh, scoomp who's been around for a long time. Uh, I was playing modern warfare with him the other day and he asked me about death stranding and you know, like what my opinion was. And I'm like, didn't you listen to the podcast? I said, Christ, we talked about it for a long time. He didn't even know I was back on the podcast because a lot of people, when they dropped, they, don't follow us on Twitter. He he doesn't do Twitter, I don't think, but they just stopped following us completely, so nobody knows that I'm back on. And do I really want to go to, the, you know, not NeoGAF anymore, but <clears throat> do I really want to go out into the public and start telling people, hey, I'm back? Because who the fuck cares when I'm back? No, I. but I think they do. Or at <laughs> least I did. <laughs> but at the same I time... I started listening to PS Nation again. I mean, here I am... <laughs> Jumping on with you, trying to yeah. trying to help you keep it going. But I mean, it, it's I've kind of gotten to that point now where 
I'm really struggling in my in my head because I love doing this. I love the actual podcast itself, and I kind of proved that with doing the little Torgo casts that I was doing on Twitch. Yeah. Um, I still love talking about it. I just don't know if I have the energy to knuckle down again and try to get everything built back up because a lot it, of shit fell apart. Does it have to be built back up? I mean, I guess that's no, what I'm saying. Does it have guess, to, can you do it and just have fun and just be content doing it? Cause that's yes the reason no, because start podcasting. then I have to decide. And luckily things have changed a little bit in the PR world, but then I have to decide, do we keep the pot? Do we keep the website? Because at a certain point, if we don't have popularity, we don't have enough money to pay for the website for the hosting. Yeah. And I have a lot of extra life prizes to send out and we don't have the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now Amazon, so now Amazon threatened to drop us from having our link because on the website, when you would go to the affiliate links thing, it would say bookmark the link. And we told people that on the podcast for years, but apparently in one of the agreements with Amazon, one of the revisions, you can't tell people to bookmark it. It's the stupidest thing because they're still using the link, but they're like, well, they have to go through your website to do it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? So I had to go into the website a couple days ago and take all that verbiage out that Josh put in there. So it's shit like that that I'm like, ah, but because quite frankly, if we can't afford the website anymore, well then what's that? Because if you were really retired, you would have retired. Like I I retired too, but I didn't. I always kept one toe in the industry. Well, and, and the funny thing is that's kind of where my thought process is going now because it's, it's a what if situation now, because originally I was going to shut down the pot, the podcast, the website, the whole thing. I was going to kill this nation. And it was Josh spearheading this effort to keep it alive with the writers. And they convinced me finally. And and I'm like, well, I'm still editor in chief. I mean, I still own everything. I still, I'm the one that has to deal with all the accounting. I have to one, I have to be the one that has to deal with the taxes every year, which is hours of work, you know? Mm -hmm. And, I let I, I let them convince me to keep it going, but there's a point, and I, I'm actually proud of myself that I stayed out of it in terms of the podcast itself and not giving them any direction, letting letting them know what to Just do let what them they do want. It. <clears throat> because it's my baby. I mean, it. Right. Yeah, I had Jared, I had Mark, and Josh, and 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 I had people working with me the whole time, but. This has been me the whole time. I'm the one constant. And it was my baby. And and I put a lot of work into it. And and I was ready to kill it. I was ready to stab it in the fucking heart and kill it. And it took me a while to make that decision. And then all of a sudden, you know, it didn't happen because because I think Josh wanted to be the boss. And I think Josh wanted free games. Not just him. but. I know it sounds like I'm just slamming them, but whatever. Um, but I don't because I fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I mean, it's it's a lot of worry that I've got right now, and <clears throat> I was fine with MJC and Dave doing the podcast, and 
I think I think the writers feel like when they when those two quit that they had it planned. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever. I mean, it is funny that it seems like on Twitter they seem to be, or at least Dave seems to be trying to personify me as some kind of a a dick or you know overbearing whatever. And he doesn't say it outright, but just some of the the tone just feels like that. Uh, it's not like I see him all the time on there, but it, it really sucks. I mean, a friendship was ruined but, because of that. But look at what you have right now. You said it. You've got a great team of writers. I do. You're back on doing it. Yeah. Um, I think Ray makes an excellent co-host. I agree. If you can, if you can convince him that of stepping up into that role that would be fantastic you know it's funny and i think you need i'm that afraid to I ask think you him. need that partner i agree kind of push you and i would love to ask ray to do it full-time uh and i'm just afraid to do it i don't know why i just think he's too busy because i know he's a busy guy he's 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 got you know wife and kid and he's got the job and the whole thing and my but part of my um part of my battle right now is the fact that my life is really uncertain right now. Like I can't find a job. I mean, I've been out of work yeah. since June. Can't find a fucking job. But if I do, I mean, I applied for a job in Kansas city yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. So then if I get something out of state, then I got to pack this whole house up. I have to move the whole, it's something that I didn't want to think about. Cause quite frankly, I get another job that's far enough away from this house. I'm finally just going to sell this house and get and move and, and be done with it. I mean, I'm glad that I've had this house to fall back on with all the little temporary moves I've had in the last yeah. few years, but I'm just, I, I hate it. I hate the fact that I haven't been able but, to put roots down for so many years. I know. And I hate that. I hate that feeling of limbo and in transition. And oh, yeah. I just think if you, if you thought of PS nation, if you thought of this podcast as one anchor, Okay, so what? You don't have a job right now, but this is one thing you can do. Yeah. Like, and why not do it? Like, I, I think you're doing well, no, a great I, job. And I, I've been listening since you started up again, and it really reminds me of PS Nation 10 years ago, <laughs> back when I was just a guy listening to PS Nation. Well, and, and the funny thing is, I love doing this. I hate editing, mm-hmm. but I love doing this. Yeah. The problem you just like was, getting on and shooting the shit. Yeah, I think the problem when I when I finally quit, a big part of the problem was, and I think it came through, but I was tired of Josh's bullshit. Well, there you go. Now you're free from it. Yes, now I can just bitch about it for years to come. Because <laughs> I stew. No, I, I, I love know you are this part, of it. and I would, you and I'm stewing. still thinking about doing like a call-in show every now and then. Because I did a couple in the past, yeah, years ago when I was at my parents' house, I did a call-in show one time, and we used to do that for the live shows, but. You I'd like should. to do, yeah, but I think the problem right now is I don't know if we have the listener base for it yet. I think we have to build up the listener Just base. Just get again. your friends to call in. I don't have Nine any friends. Volt and Dane, and I'll call in. Dane, he's too busy making cottage cheese and sour cream. <laughs> That's right. He's he got bumped up to sour cream. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he got promoted so fast. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it's tough, and and I really hope that if anybody's actually listening to this. Get on the forums, psnation.com slash forums. Please, get on the forums. Let's have a discussion about this. Do, I, do you want me to keep doing this? Do you not care anymore? Like, let me know. Because if I'm just if I'm just treading water, what's the point? 
Like I'll fucking well, start a movie gonna... podcast and Jason uh, and I'll just talk every couple <laughs> weeks about movies. We're going to do that anyway. We'll talk about my my problem with Joker. An unconventional <laughs> problem with Joker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought that Blu-ray just today. I bought it digitally. I didn't get the Blu-ray. I got the digital and the Blu-ray. Yeah. Because I got to well, keep that movie collection growing. <laughs> I don't because I'm out of room. I'm out of room too. I have an entire room full of movies and I need to put more shelves up because I'm out of room completely. I actually have all my 3D Blu-rays are up here in the office on shelves and everything else is downstairs. All the laser, And I don't even have all the laser discs out because I ran out of room for those too. I have too many laser discs. And you still watch those? Right now, no, because my left arm is so messed up that I can't actually lift and carry the Laserdisc player, and it's out oh, in the geez, car. Dude. And when Rock was here, he was going to get it out of the trunk and get it in the house here, but we had a really bad ice storm, and I didn't want him falling down and hurting himself, because it's a heavy motherfucking laser. I have three Laserdisc players, three or four. Um, yeah. But I want to start watching some stuff again, because I have some stuff that's still not on, D- on Blu-ray. And there's some things I really want to watch. I am Phantom extremely. I have, I have the Japanese Phantom Menace. It was the first Dolby Pro Logic, uh, or no, Dolby? What was it? Dolby Digital EX was. It was the first Dolby Digital EX Laserdisc that was released. Oh wow! With an extra channel in the back. You have seven on Laserdisc too, right? The Criterion. Yes, I have the that, special I'm edition of that. Extremely envious of that. Oh. I've got. Um, I think I've got Taxi Driver Criterion. I've got The Princess Bride Criterion. I have, which is a special movie for me. Yeah. Uh, and they just did. Uh, they just did a Princess Bride. Uh, Mike Mike PSN went to it. Uh, they did a Princess Bride thing at, I think, the Riverside Theater in Milwaukee. And Carrie Elways was there. And I think a couple other people from the movie were there. And they did like a Q&A. Oh, and all. really? Yeah, I was so mad I couldn't make it to that. And, and Criterion just re-released <gasps> that. I think it was last year. It's like a little yeah. storybook version. Really, really yeah. cool. I wanted to get it, but no, I've got uh, I've got a couple of uh, Criterions that there's two James Bond movies, Doctor No and uh, From Russia with Love, <clears throat> that actually got pulled from the shelves because of a lawsuit because the directors said some shit about bro- uh, broccoli and broccoli's family like sued Criterion and won. And it got yanked off the shelves. Oh. It's only the CAV versions of both of those, the long play versions. <clears throat> but I have both of those. I have the Looney Tunes box set that includes the three blacklisted uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons. Uh, the cartoons, yeah. Bugs, Nips, the Nips, and whatnot. Um, I've got uh, the Chow Yun Fat movies, uh, Hard Boiled and The Killer, I think. That are both really rare because they only were able to make them for, I think, two weeks or something. And I've got those on Lasers and on Blu-ray. Or DVD. DVD. But I've got some pretty rare ones. Uh, I've got, oh, my one of my favorites. The Criterion of This is Spinal Tap. Because the commentary is amazing. Because it's the same is guys it, doing the commentary as the band. The, oh, okay. That would be awesome. Yeah. It's fantastic. Same character? Yes. Yeah, I've got I've got a good amount of criterions. I mean, there's only a couple more I wanted to get, and I'm I'm pretty I, I've got a list of lasers I still want to buy, and it's I think it's down to like ten, and it's pretty much stuff with DTS soundtracks, and there's a couple of criterions. 
Because like um, even Independence Day, uh, the DTS soundtrack is like reference quality. It'll blow your mind. Yeah. Because the movie's not gonna. Man, the movie's a movie. <laughs> At least it ain't the second one. Man, that movie was <laughs> god awful. But the first one's fun. It's you know, it's a popcorn. Movie. I skipped that one. Skipped uh, Independence Day too. My favorite thing. My one of my favorite things on on Laserdisc is they re-released the Die Hard trilogy with DTS soundtracks, and they completely remastered them in DTS. And the first Die Hard, especially, uh, there's this one moment where. Uh, he's hiding away and he's in kind of that maintenance room and he walks into a room and you can actually hear and it moves all the way around you. You can actually hear the fluorescent lights buzzing. Oh, and I was blown the fuck away because yeah. later on they, they did DVDs and DTS and everything, but you would listen to it on the DVD and that compressed audio. But when you listen to it uncompressed off, off laser disc, it's just mind blowing. Wow. And one, one I'm still looking for Boy, I'm boring everybody tonight, <clears throat> but you're what I'm fine. still looking for, I was so mad that I didn't buy this because I didn't understand it at the time. But they actually released, I think it's Unforgiven, but it's one of the Clint Eastwood westerns. They released it in an anamorphic laser disc. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you don't know which movie it is. I want to say it was Unforgiven, but it was one of his westerns, and it was one of his really good westerns. Okay. But they actually released an anamorphic laser disc, and I didn't know. I saw it at a used places uh, of all things in Appleton, which isn't there anymore. It was a mega media exchange, but I didn't know if I'd have a special player, if it would work with my TV. And I just didn't know. And I was so afraid to spend the money. I'm like, uh, and now I'm upset that I didn't buy it. Cause it, I think yeah. that would have been outstanding to see. But yeah, the thing I, I love about Laserdisc, and it's not that big of a deal anymore because of the advances in technology, but Laserdiscs, the video is actually analog. <clears throat> but it's transferred directly from the film itself. It's not a digital transfer or whatnot. And DVDs, the, the argument that was always made was, you know, DVD is a digital format. It works off of a, a specific and hard-coded color palette. Yeah. And some of the colors may be different than what they were in the film, whereas the film is transferred to the Laserdisc, and you're getting the exact colors, texture, everything that you would from see in the, the film. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't even own um, Pulp Fiction on DVD, Blu-ray, anything. I have it on Laserdisc. And it's an amazing set. It's a big gatefold, Laserdiscs. Oh, I love it. Some of the Quentin Tarantino stuff early was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I've, I've got some... I've got a really fun Laserdisc collection. I think I've got, like, about 300 of them. Jeez, man. That, that weighs about a metric ton. It was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got there's there, there's this old website and it still exists called LDDB it's the Laserdisc database and it's not updated all the way but it's got a good portion of my laser Laserdisc collection in it because you would just scan the barcode and it would go in, into the database and I've got it still I should take the time and update that someday it's cool. one thing I like about the Criterion website is you can log in your collection so yeah. you can keep, so I know how many movies I have, not from the actual collection on the shelves, because I'm not going to count them all. But as I get them, I log them in to Criterion so I can see. I usually, when I'm trying to figure out what I want to watch, I usually just go to the website. Yeah. And, and kind of peruse what I've got. It's funny, I subscribed to the Criterion channel for a month, 
I, I don't know. Did about not that. like it. I did not like I, it. I, I killed it. The, the problem there is you're dealing if you're if you've got people that are getting Criterion into Criterion movies, they're kind of collector fetishy sort of people. <sighs> I mean, I don't I don't need to watch those movies on streaming. I just kind of want to own. Yeah. Them. Well, the the other problem with the Criterion stuff is. I mean, it's it's deep, deep, deep film nerd stuff, and a lot of it's yeah. films. I don't care about that stuff. Yeah. I just don't care. I get that you know there's some important things out there, but I don't want to watch a, a French movie. I just don't. You know, for me, when I started writing about movies, Criterion kind of became my film school. Oh All yeah, those essays that come with them. Um, well, in Christ, half, half the commentaries are like you know. A, a, a film professor from NYU film exactly. school and yeah, one of the worst. Fact, one of my go ahead. One of, one of the worst commentaries ever was basically a prof- uh, like a film professor from somewhere. He did the commentary for the Seven Samurai. It was so boring and it was so <laughs> like he would literally talk you through the movie like and fade to black and, and now <laughs> and now the light comes back up. I'm like, oh my oh, god, boy. yeah. I one had of it. my favorite commentaries of all time is the one for Willow. I never heard because uh, uh, Warwick Davis is on the commentary, and you get yeah. to see the world from a tiny person <laughs> from their perspective, and everything is terrifying. Like those dogs were terrifying. You're Riding on his, that horse was terrifying. You should watch his uh, TV show on. I don't know if it's on HBO or what, but it was a BBC show called uh, "Life Is Short" with Ricky Gervais. Oh, uh, that sounds kind of interesting. It's a hilarious show. Yeah. Yeah. I checked that out. Yeah. The the best commentary you'll ever hear, and it's a great movie too. Um, but find the DVD or the Blu-ray for Orgasmo from Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Really? Because the commentary I've never seen that. They don't do the commentary. There's I think two or three different commentary tracks. One of them is just a secretary. One of them is Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> and it's a fantastic movie. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I've never seen it. Oh, huh, it's about the porn it. industry. This Mormon. Well, there's probably a reason why I've never seen it. No, 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 no. But it's all basically it's all it's all it's a Mormon. You know, Trey Parker plays this yeah. Mormon, and he gets suckered into doing porn as this character called Orgasmo, and. Uh, Seriously, it's one of the funniest movies you'll ever see. Okay, but find the find the disc with all the commentary tracks because, like, Weird Al doing commentary for a you know a fake porn movie, it's yeah. superb. <laughs> okay, yeah, it and it, I think it was before South Park. It was after because the, the first I'm movie they, it they in my did notes. the the first movie they did was Cannibal, uh, Cannibal the Musical, which was about the um, the Donner Party. And it's it. I think it was right out of college they did that movie, <clears throat> but then Orgasmo is just it's superb. Everybody should see that movie. Okay, I got it in my notes. Yeah, to check see. out the commentary. Okay, but there's a little bit of obviously there's probably some uh, some nudity, but oh, fucking it's so good. <laughs> like they there's there's this there's this woman in it, uh, and they talk about how rare. Rare of a porn star she is because she does D- DVDA. And they always talk about DVDA and they're like, "What the hell is that?" Like double vag, double something penetration. <laughs> I mean, it's just all this stuff about the porn industry and how sleazy 
everybody is. And then uh, there's always this guy called the stunt cock. <laughs> and he'll just walk in, slap his own ass. How you doing? <laughs> and they'll like they have a sex scene going. And all of a sudden, they'll stop it. Stunt cock. <laughs> so that's the name. I that was my Jeez. alternate name in Battlefield when we'd have a land party. Stunt also, cock. I put in WDT stunt cock, and then my buddy Eric in the in the clan started calling himself son of stunt cock. So even to this day, <laughs> it was his birthday yesterday, and I was like, "Happy birthday, son!" <laughs> 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 How you doing? But they would have like a black guy fill in for a white guy. <laughs> like, do you see a problem with this? Oh, movies. I have to watch that again. Anyway, well, you want to take a pee break? Uh, yeah, I guess I could. I'm fine. Right. Well, let's take a pee break. You... And okay. uh, when we come back, we'll start talking uh, maybe some stuff you've been up to. And, okay. Uh, some movie stuff. See if anybody's still okay. here. <laughs> do. Yeah, because I got a lot of VR stuff. I actually. Oh, that's right. VR. Yeah. Oh, we'll do yeah. what we're playing, and and then we'll go into the movie stuff. Okay. All right. All right. We'll be right back, folks. kind of a played and watch thing uh no reviews this week which is funny i should man i should have figured out something to review oh well so i'm gonna start because uh what jason's here for also is uh he just published a pretty beefy article about some movies from uh of 2019 so we want to talk a little bit about that and talk some more movie stuff so uh first up for played uh (laughs) I love the Wolfenstein games, the the newer ones, and also the older one. But you know, Wolfenstein, uh, New Blood, uh, all that stuff. Well, I never really played Wolfenstein New Blood before, which is the two sisters, uh, the daughters of uh, of Blazkowicz. 
So I picked that up with a sale that they had on PSN for uh, Christmas. <clears throat> and I am not going to finish it. I am so bored with it. Really? Really, really bored. Uh, the shooting mechanics feel weird because it honestly, it feels like they've designed the guns to not be shot down the sights. The mechanics just feel really, really weird. But I've gotten past that. But one thing that I don't like about it, <clears throat> and it's got so much promise, but one thing I don't like about it, and it's the major thing, and I didn't even realize it until uh, our community member, uh, Kyle, Weatherman Kyle, said something on Twitter. And he basically, he nailed it. And that is, it feels like you're playing a game like Destiny. Because oh. it's more of an open map like you can go to different sections, you know, transport to these different sections and they just give you random orders, like little mini missions to do. I fucking hate it. Yeah. I just want to play Wolf. I just want to go from A to B, B to C, C to D, and then kill Hitler or C- corridor yeah. shooter. And yeah. yeah, that's all I want. And graphically, it's great. And it's a beautiful game. And there's a lot of good things about it, but it's so fucking boring to play. Huh. And the thing is, like, it's even got co-op, and that's one of the big sells of this game is it's got co-op because you play the two sisters. And if you're playing to single player, then the you know the computer runs the other sister, and you can do these little things like push down on the I think it's down on the uh, D-pad, and you give somebody a thumbs up, and that boosts their health a little bit. But then somebody can like jump in and play with you if you open it up, or one really neat thing they did with this game because it's not even a full price game. I think I got it for. 10 or 15 bucks. I think normal price is 29, but you actually get like a friend pass. So when Matt was doing the initial review for the website, he was able to send me a pass. I downloaded the game and I could join him in co-op without having to buy the game myself. Oh, that's really, that's really, really cool that they did that. Yeah. But it's so fucking boring. I, I, I just, I I finally put the controller down. I'm like, I'm done with this game. I, I can't play it anymore. Give me a traditional, old-school Wolfenstein. Like the New Order. Give me a, yeah. good sto- a, a good, competent story that goes from A to B to C to D. And they're trying to interweave this story in here, even though you're running all over the place. I just, I don't like it. And it's obviously, they knew that they were going to have problems with it, because they made it so cheap. I mean, it's a long game. But, I, I just don't, I don't like it. <clears throat> I don't like it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Next up, I gave uh, up after the the. I have only played one Wolfenstein game, and I wasn't really a huge fan. Well, it's funny because not as I, much as Doom. I finished, uh, which is funny. I hate the new Doom because to get more health, they want you to melee, and mm-hmm. I hate meleeing in games. First person shoot. I hate it. And that goes directly against how I play a first-person shooter, and I, I've never finished it. And I love id games, even though it's not really id anymore. But <clears throat> I, you know, it, that game really frustrates me, and I've been thinking about going back. And I play with the idea, and I still haven't done it. But uh, I love the new Wolfenstein's, except for this newest one. I, but the, okay. the the ones before that, I loved them. I finished them. And uh, Wolf. What was it? The latest one, Wolfenstein 2, I think it was called, but whatever. Crazy, insane storyline, especially halfway through and you think something's going to happen and something crazier happens. It's it's really good. I had a blast with it. 
Um, and then the other day I was sitting downstairs and I'm like going through some games and I was playing some Battlefront 2 recently, Star Wars Battlefront 2 uh, online <clears throat> because they added a bunch of uh, content for uh, The Last Jedi and I wanted to check it out. And then I realized I don't think I ever finished the campaign. And in my head, I remember that I was having a problem uh getting through this one point where he had to, I think he had to steal a TIE fighter or something like that. And I, I thought that's where I was stuck and I wasn't, I was farther along and I'm like, ah, I'm going to play this for a while, see where I'm at. And here I was essentially 45 minutes away from the end of the game. (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) So, but it was cool. I got through the end of the game and then they released, uh, like a DLC, which I got because I have the pass for it, uh, called resurrection. And it happens years later. Uh, so I played through that whole DLC. It was a couple more hours. But the cool thing is, I didn't realize how much they tied the campaign from that game into the new movies. So you're actually yeah, between two of the movies in it. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Uh-huh. So I, I had a really good time with it. Uh, some of the, some of the that AI... That is one game I've thought about booting up to uh, <laughs> getting back into Battlefront. Because I really, really, really liked the first one. Well, the second one's way better uh, in terms is of the mechanics. It? But I still have a problem with the shooting mechanics themselves because you're shooting lasers. Yeah. And there's a yeah. travel time of that laser blast and it's really hard to get used to, but uh, online's tough. I mean, there are some people that are fucking experts now. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I'm having fun with it. I, I don't... I, I should be playing it more and I'm not, but I I, I think... I need to get back into it. That's all there is well, to let it. me know. I'll get on and play with okay. it. Okay. Okay. I think, I think we'll actually be able to get like Johnny and Vladrick to play with us too. I know they're playing it every now and then. Um, and then, well, so Battlefront Two, it's it's worth a try. They've they've got a deal on it right now too for like they're calling it some kind of special edition, and it's all the content for like I want to say twenty or thirty bucks. So if you haven't gotten into it yet, it's a fun game. Campaign's not perfect by any means. The the thing I don't like about it the most is the AI. Because it's kind of a simple AI, and it's the crowd mentality AI. Yeah. So if if they find you, they just crowd on you like the first Far Cry years ago. Um, it, it's very simplistic. But I played. I actually played the DLC in easy because I wanted to see the story. I, I wasn't really. By the time I gotten through the main campaign, I wasn't really interested in dealing with that anymore. But it was yeah. cool because at the end of uh, the campaign, there was like this little bonus mission as one of the other characters. That was fun to play. But yeah, it's it's a good game. Cool. And then uh, the other day we got uh, a developer contacted us about a game that I think it's just one guy. <clears throat> a game called Super Mega Space Blaster Special Turbo. Uh, and it's essentially an Asteroids clone, but a lot better. Uh, some really cool little mechanics in it. Um, so we got that for review as well, but uh, check it out. I think it's on the store now. It's pretty cheap, but Super Mega Space Blaster Special Turbo. But it's kind of like Asteroids. It's a little more complex than that, but essentially, if you boil it down, it's like Asteroids. And that's not a bad thing. Okay. Uh, playing a lot more Modern Warfare as usual. Uh, I found out the level cap is 155. I think I'm 135 mm. now. Yeah, I got dumped back down to like 50. I think I'm 58. Yeah, yeah, I got dumped down too, but... yeah. I'm playing that game way too much. I just love it, though. And I found out yesterday. I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I found out yesterday that there is actually a nuke in the game. It's not available to choose as one of your streaks or anything. I think it's if you get 
20 kills or 30 kills in a row it activates and it's uh, it's a round ending nuke like I remember the game years ago which whichever had it but yeah you can just activate a nuke but getting that many kills in a row is almost impossible the guy that did it almost got killed like three times yeah I found a video online I was like nuke what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) blow me away I've never seen one go off I've never heard about it but that's a hell of a kill streak oh yeah 30 people yeah, of course he was on PC. So, uh, and then when Dale was on the show, I think the last time with me, he talked about a game on Xbox One called Demons Tilt Pinball. Uh, happily, I found out that it's on uh, on Game Pass, so I grabbed it. It's a fun pinball game. It's only on Xbox One for consoles right now, as far as I can tell. Uh, it's the assets are a little small, even on my big ass sixty five inch screen. But mm-hmm. really visceral gameplay, very fast, uh, no hitches whatsoever, uh, some fun graphics. And it does, like Dale said, it, it feels kind of like a, a, a pseudo-sequel or kind of a spiritual sequel to Devil's Crush on the Turbo Graphics. So that's fun. But um, <clears throat> really fun game if you have an Xbox One and you like pinball. Uh, very different concept than a lot of the newer pinball stuff out nowadays from Zen. Uh, so check it out. And then... Another holiday sale that I got, uh, it was on PSN a a day after I ordered this on disc, obviously, or funny enough, but Newegg had uh, the disc for Rage 2 on sale for like 10 bucks. So I picked that up and uh, I streamed a little while. I didn't like Rage that much. I didn't either. And I I bought that day one. Yeah, me too, because it was it. I liked about it, but it wasn't a love affair. Yeah, I mean, it's a Mad Max feeling and and the whole thing but the funny thing is we got rage 2 for review i don't think we have a review up because someone that begged me for the review copy uh and then got it said that he was getting motion sick so he never put one up uh so i may have to write i have to look but rage 2 is a lot better uh it it plays great it looks great uh the mission structure is a little odd in at times but i mean Especially you, if you're a Mad Max, you know. Yes. It's it's that I type think. of uh, situation again. I mean, it's you're out in the Badlands, and obviously something has happened, and there's tribes of people hunkered down behind, you know, tin and whatnot. Uh, but there's some the thing I like about it so far, <clears throat> and the thing I didn't like about the first game is there was a focus on doing like. Uh, road races in the first one, and they're still in yeah, here, but it races. seems like they're not they're not forced anymore, okay. as far as I've gotten. <clears throat> but yeah, it's cool. I it's I played it on Xbox One because I found out it's on Game Pass there as well. So I played on Xbox One X, and then I played on PS4, and I really didn't see much of a difference. But it's pretty cool. I don't know if I would run out and get it, but if you can get it for ten bucks, not bad. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. And then. I, I got on the Xbox One because I always feel like I don't play it enough, and I paid a lot of money for that console. <clears throat> so I was playing this a while back, and I haven't played it for a long time, but I went back into Halo 5 because I'm trying to understand why people love Halo so much. <laughs> I, I really am because I just don't like those games. So I'm playing Halo 5, and then I, at one point after a couple of hours... I just I grabbed my tablet and I'm like, what? How did this game review? And of course, it reviewed great. I mean, it was getting huge review scores. 
I don't get it because I am bored stiff with that game. The shooting mechanics don't feel great. Were you playing it online? No, I was playing the campaign. campaign. Yeah, I've never played the campaign on those. Well, but the whole thing about Halo is supposed to be the storyline. Yeah, I've never, I don't, I've never bought into that. I think mechanically it's terrible. I think it's not fun. And I'm sure everybody's like, "Oh, you're just a fanboy." I'm legitimately giving it a chance. Legitimately. I mean, I played my last session in Halo Five was probably four hours. Yeah, like, I hunkered down and played it, and I I looked it up, and I'm over halfway through the the campaign. I think I'm like almost three fourths of the way through the campaign. So it's not like I'm just throwing it in for an hour and making a decision. I, I'm I'm giving it a lot of time. I don't like it. <laughs> I played Halo two one two three, and I think it was around Halo four when I just outgrew it. Yeah. But everybody keeps telling me, like even Joel's telling me, oh, you got to play Halo ODST. Uh, and it's in the uh, Master Chief Collection, but I had to reinstall it. I don't know what was going on with Master Chief Collection on my Xbox One, but it wouldn't launch. I would try to launch it, and it would just keep popping up an error every time. So I deleted it. Yeah, and I, I think it was ODST for me. I think that was the last Halo game I played, actually. Well, and the funny thing is, I thought ODST, I thought people complained about it because it was such a radical departure from the formula. But... Huh. A couple of different people told me, oh, no, you should play it. It's really good. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll try it. Because squad base now. And I, I mean, know, I hate to say it because the comparison was absurd. But back then, Killzone kind of became my 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 first person shooter of choice. I just thought the story <laughs> was better. The art, the art design was phenomenal. I think Guerrilla oh, Studios has the best artists yeah. probably in the industry. And it was it was a real underdog. And it just I love all the Killzone games. Those kind of became... Well, deservedly, it it was it took a lot of flack because the first kill zone was pushed by a lot of media as the Halo killer. As Halo killer, yeah. That first game was not that good. It's it's no. just not. But Even the remaster and everything, I, I played it. it. Yeah, you but can when see I was playing it. I could see their potential. I could see the game they wanted to make. Yeah, but it played like shit. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but I agree. Like the the universe that they built is much more interesting to me because obviously there's the parallels with the Nazis and, and it's pretty obvious, but the yeah. art style and, and I mean, kills on two, but kills on two took a lot of shit because of the original trailer, which was the concept trailer that gorilla supplied to Sony and Sony used it without telling gorilla. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Cause it was one of the concept videos saying like, this is what we want to do. So then all of a sudden gorilla had to like try to make that game on the PS3. <laughs> Still to this day, Killzone Two is one of my favorite mine too. shooters. Yeah, I love mine that too. game. Yeah, I'm actually playing with the idea. After a couple other things, I'm finishing. I want to go in and play Shadowfall again because Shadowfall. I need to beat Shadowfall. That's the only one I haven't beaten. I played it pre-patch. I played it pre pre-release. That's the second game I started working on for review. I, the first game I, I played for review was Knack. Because I was like, if yeah. I don't play Knack now, I'm not going to play because it's Killzone. Killzone Shadowfall is the second one I played. I got a fun story about that one, too. But um, it was pre-patch, and there were a couple of spots in that game that were almost unpassable. Like, I was emailing the PR person, like, all right, this is bullshit. Uh, I've been working on this level for an hour, and I can't get by this one spot. And they say, yeah, it's going to be patched. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> you know, And, and there's a few spots in that game after the patch that are almost impossible. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the hard skydiving game. thing or whatever, where you're shooting through the city. Yeah. Oh, 
that part and there's a what I call the kill room. There was this room later on that was almost impossible to get through because they just send just waves of guys at you. Yeah. 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 Yep. <clears throat> um but, unfortunately that game is pretty much dead online. It's terrible. I've just tried it last week. Ugh. There's nobody on there. No, there are people on there, but it's a lot of people starting bot servers. Oh, okay. And there are people that keep playing that game, and they've gotten really good at it, but there's also bots, and you don't know who you're playing against. And uh, I've, But I've tried it. <clears throat> Every now and then I get the urge to play some Killzone. Uh, and then Crackdown 3 and the Xbox One X. Uh, I still really like it. I'm not too hyped about the online mode in it, maybe just because I don't really have that many friends on Xbox One. I don't play with anybody on there except for Stoffanero I used to. Um, but yeah, Crackdown 3 is still fun. It, it's just a little disjointed. It, the mission structure is tough to get used to, but uh, it's fun. And then uh, okay. I've been playing The Division 2, which I took quite a long hiatus from. I'm trying to get back into that, and I think I talked uh, a couple of guys into playing with me this week so we can get back into it. I need to level up on that game big time. I, I had s- that for a while, and I just there was nobody to play with. Well, I mean, if you have it digitally, re-download it and play with us this week. Okay, I didn't. I had the disc. I, I traded it in. Got a probably a whopping twenty dollars for it or something. But <laughs> I like those games. I like Division. I just wasn't I, playing it enough. I had a lot of problems with the first one, but the second one they addressed most of those problems, and I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. The problem is, I always end up playing with myself, and then I just get overrun. <laughs> That's what she said, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, for Watched, I've had a weird couple of weeks. So <clears throat> I was telling Jason one day that my TV, I didn't realize there was an app on it because it runs an Android TV. Oh, I forgot to finish that story, by the way. So my PS4 okay. wasn't working. I couldn't get it to work. I was like, oh, shit, my PS4, I think the video went bad or something like that. But <clears throat> having an Android TV in the past with these shield TVs that I have, I was like, maybe something got fucked up. Maybe I'll do a reboot of the TV. And instead of just unplugging it from the power and plugging it back in, you can actually go into the menu and reboot it. Sure enough, it comes back up. (laughs) So that's what the problem was. So if your TV ever does that, like your PS4 acts like it's coming up, but you don't see a picture, uh, turn the PS4 off and then reboot the TV and it should probably fix it. It should fix it. Okay. So I was on there, and I'm on the menu, and all of a sudden I see this thing that says Sony GIFs. Like, Sony GIFs? What the hell is this? It came with the TV, and I, th- I don't think it came with yours. But all of a sudden it's like, register, you know, register your TV with Sony. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I usually do that. Send a card in or whatever. So it let you do it right from the app. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Sends a serial number to them. And then it said, well, now you're eligible uh, because this TV is IMAX certified, we're going to give you two IMAX movies. I was like, what the fuck, really? Or IMAX certified movies or whatever. <clears throat> and it's all Sony films, obviously. Uh, and it gave you a choice of, of like six different movies. And the selection wasn't that great. So I chose, um, because I hadn't seen one of them. Actually, I hadn't seen both of them. So I chose MIB International, the new Men in Black. Yeah. With with Thor and with Valkyrie. And then I chose Venom, which I had no interest whatsoever. But it's Tom Hardy. I'm kind of curious about Venom. So, 
MIB International, I mean, your film critic friends, boy, they trashed it. Trashed. They're not really, my friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I know what you mean. But I remember yeah. seeing, because Jason has this film group on Facebook that I'm part of, <clears throat> and they were just trashing it. Wasn't that bad. Um, Thor's actually really funny in it. Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth? It just yeah. seems like such a weird combo. Uh, it is and it isn't. Because I, I really like Tessa Thompson. I, I've, I've always so liked her. I. She was on, um, she was in Veronica Westworld Mars. And Creed and... Yeah. Um, but the problem with it is it didn't really need to happen. Um, and there were some good throwbacks to the first movies. But it's not that bad. And it's a good looking movie. It's an okay story. Not the greatest, but it's an okay story. But it's performed well. There's some cool stuff. I just it's not it's not the first movie. I don't need to I don't need to watch it all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but it's not bad. It's passable. Venom again, the only exposure to Venom I've ever had was what was it, Spider Man three? Topher Grace. Was it three? I don't know. One of the old Spider-Man movies. One of the old constants. And it was awful. So Venom is a character. I don't read Marvel. I know it's a Todd McFarlane character. Um, but I would watch the previews. And the previews were terrible for that movie, in my opinion. I, I It just looked like I don't need to see this movie. But it was free. So I watched it. And I remember I told Rock I got it. I'm like, hey, it came free with my TV. He goes, it's not bad. He goes, it's a buddy cop movie. I'm like, what? And he goes, just watch it. It's a buddy cop movie. And it fucking is. It's Tom Hardy and Venom. And they're essentially buddy cops <laughs> to a certain extent, even though he's a reporter. But yeah, I, it, I'm not going to say I enjoyed it, but I didn't mind it. It was better than I thought it would be. I will say that because yeah. I had no expectations of it. I wasn't interested in it. I got it for free with my TV. It was supposed to be some of the scenes were shot in IMAX. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I can see the potential of my TV and everything. And again, it looks great. There's some great effects, but it's Sony making it. So Sony does some really cool shit. And like Sony, their 3D Blu-rays that I have are fucking fantastic. But eh, it was it was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. But I just, I don't know if I'll ever have to watch it again. Like, it was better yeah, than I, I thought it would be. I skipped that one. I mean, yeah, I skip I, a lot of Marvel stuff, but eh. um, I just want to make sure something, Glenn, you can still hear me, right? Because one yes. of the AirPods died, yeah. so. Oh, no. Just, yeah, one of them did. I'm charging it right now. Oh, okay. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Then we'll keep going. Okay. Uh, and then another thing that came with the TV... <laughs> For free, was a subscription to a service called Curiosity Stream, which is all documentaries. There's some cool shit. There's like some nature ones from, you know, like stuff you'd see from National Geographic or whatever, where they're in the ocean and it's beautiful. Uh, <clears throat> so they had a documentary on a VW van that was on the cover of Rolling Stone at Woodstock for the band called, I think, Light. And the, this guy really wanted to find this van for the anniversary of Woodstock that never happened, um, because this, the what the, the guy that was the, the guy that did the original Woodstock was trying to do like a 40th anniversary thing or 50th anniversary thing for it, 
and the venue fell through and the money fell through and everything. But this guy and his team were, were on the lookout trying to find that van. They couldn't find it. So they actually found the same model van and had the same guy that painted the original one, paint the new one with the exact same paint and everything. It was, it was interesting. And I don't give a fuck about Woodstock. I, I don't like, I'm not a hippie guy. I, I don't care about most of the bands that were at Woodstock. Jimi Hendrix, obviously, but <clears throat> but it was an interesting story. It was it was interesting to see a lot Do of the you people that are the name of that. What was the name? Of that? No, but I'll I'll, I'll oh, look okay. it up for you. I'll look. For you. Okay. I have to look at I have to look at it on my TV because I don't have that curiosity stream anywhere else. Um, but it was interesting and it, it was fun to watch the journey. It was fun to see. It was less about the hippies coming together and more about the VW nuts coming together. Mm-hmm. And he was at some of the some of the VW uh, uh, meetups and that sort of thing. It, it's it's fu- it was fun to watch. The other one is a guy from I think Wales or England or somewhere that did a documentary on Frank Lloyd Wright, the architect. Now it's significant for me because Frank Lloyd Wright is from Wisconsin. He's from Spring Green, Wisconsin, and he, if you live down in Racine, Kenosha area, you know southeast Wisconsin, there's a lot of houses and buildings that he designed and built uh including the johnson wax building and it was it was really really well done he kind of did a history on frank lloyd wright because the guy was a little crazy and had a very tumultuous life toward the end of his life uh uh, somebody torched one of his houses and all kinds of shit happened um and it was interesting to see he actually went and visited a lot of the buildings even down in chicago when he lived in chicago for a few years went down to Chicago and they did kind of tours through some of these houses and a church that he designed. And it was really cool. <clears throat> and the well, neat thing is that curiosity streams on 4k and HDR and everything. And it, it was shot beautifully. Both of them were uh, shot beautifully and it, it, they were fun to watch. And then my last movie that I, t- that I'll talk about, and this is where we'll probably transition uh, because I was <laughs> very, I don't know about against, but I was just very, confused about this last one and that is joker Joker. didn't see it in the theater obviously i'm a batman nerd i remember asking you where if you were going to see it and you were like are are you kidding like well you were i i got more understanding about it from todd phillips the director after the fact after it was Mm -hmm. coming digitally and you know he talked about the fact that i was really my my initial problem with the movie was that it looked like they were doing an origin story for the Joker. And I have a really hard time with that because the one thing that's been so sustainable about the character the whole time is that the Joker does not have an origin story. And I think Chris Nolan captured that in a great way in The Dark Knight when every time Joker would talk about you want to know how I got these scars? It was already always a different story. Yeah. And that's early on in the comics. That was the Joker. He would always make up his origin basically. So I had a problem with it, but then he, Todd Phillips came out and said, you know, maybe Arthur's is the blueprint for the Joker himself. Maybe he's the inspiration. Once he said that, I was like, Oh, okay. Now I can watch it. My big problem with the movie, and it's good. Oh my God, is it shot so beautifully? Yeah, it is. Just fucking beautiful. My only problem with it is I don't think it needed to be Joker. I think it would work just as well 
as a character study with Arthur. But I don't think it would have gotten, like you said, you made a very good point. It wouldn't have done the money it did if it wasn't tied to Batman. Batman, yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> spoiler, uh, but, you know, Bruce Wayne shows up a little bit in the movie and they did some really interesting shit. And the, as a story and as a performance, especially it's really, really good. I just don't know. I was going to watch it again before we recorded. And I, a couple of times I, I had it selected. I was ready to go. And then I couldn't do it. And I just, I, I it's going to take some time before I watch it again. I have only seen it twice. It's not like I've seen it a bunch of times. It's not like yeah. something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I've seen, <laughs> which I've watched three times. times since it came home. Yeah. But did you? By the way, did you see Brad Pitt got best uh, male actor in a, from the SAG Awards last night? And he thanked. Uh, he he did a, like a little tribute to John Milius, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and then he uh, ripped on Quentin Tarantino about his foot foot fetish. <laughs> And then he said he was going to put the picture of the statue on his Tinder profile. <laughs> I'm a pretty boring film critic. I don't watch the awards shows, but I don't either. Uh, I, I saw the clip. On I checked YouTube out today. some highlights. Yeah. Yeah. But that um, was great. I love Joker. And that's, I thought that 2019 wasn't the, my favorite year for movies. Mm. There just wasn't a lot that I liked, yeah. but that was definitely a highlight. I, and I was expecting nothing from it. I wasn't following it. Um, well, I mean, it came out of left field. It's it's something that you would never expect. You know, yeah. the way that they did it, you would never expect it. But I'm, I'm so happy that... The way they did it was really interesting and really yeah. creative. Yeah. And it's funny that it came from the guy that did nothing but raunchy comedies before that. Old school and whatnot. Old school and, and uh, the Hangover movies. Yep. Yep. When there's one... Uh, but yeah, I was impressed. And still am impressed. Yeah. I would put it in my top. I mean, it's in my top five of the year. I only do like top fives anymore. Unless mm. I'm doing the decade, then I do top fifties, but Joker is definitely my top five. It just, I had, a, I had a hard time remembering last year, mostly for like, I'm, I'm terrible at what, what year movies come out. I usually have to keep a list. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I'm pretty good for the year. I'll know what came out in a year, but when you, we start talking about three, four years ago, it starts getting jumbled together a little bit. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, I loved it. I mean, I I like that they call it Joker. It's not the Joker. It's Joker. So it's yeah. it's your interpretation. Is it? Uh, and he makes a pretty great Joker. Whether uh, not he Ledger's Joker, but it's a pretty good one. It's. I did. I did laugh that Jared Leto got all mad about it. I'm the Joker. Why is he doing it? <laughs> Fuck you, Jared Leto. <laughs> His Joker wasn't that great. Worst Joker Gangster ever. Joker. Yeah. Well, when he starts talking like Ace Ventura, I was like, okay, this is bullshit. Hunk, hunk, burn, what, what? Oh, God. Jared Leto, fuck off. Even though that new Marvel one he's doing looks pretty good. The vampire. My one. wife and daughter. Oh uh, yeah. They want to go see, uh, what is it, Birds of Prey? What is the new one with uh, Harley Quinn? Oh, Clark? Harley Quinn. You know. My wife and daughter want to see that, which is strange. Girl, girl power, sure. I, yeah. I, I've just had a really hard time with how Harley Quinn has been evolved in the, in the universe. I mean, she started on the animated series, which was awesome. She's uh, great in the Arkham games. Yes, but I think she's overused. I 
it, it's it's one of those things where all of a sudden she's like this great fighter and all you know she was a fucking psychologist yeah. I have a really hard time with what they've done with Harley Quinn and it's because of fan outcry I mean it really it's something that has really evolved because of fandom and because girls like to cosplay as her seriously Dude, I I seriously I just went to a little kid's costume party superhero costume party there was a lot Harley's of Harley Quinn's there Yep. Uh, I counted. There was at least two or three. My daughter wins as Deadpool, though. She wins. I know. That was adorable. <laughs> I just, I, I've, I've always had this, this, this problem with Harley Quinn and, and, and what they've done with that character. Because Suicide Squad, well, that movie's terrible, but. Awful. What the fuck? I mean, all of a sudden she's this badass that can hang out with all these killers and what? Fuck you. They're. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't planned on seeing it. I just know that they want to see it, so it, it could it could end up. Uh, well, it'll probably be fun, but it, it's as a it Batman universe fun. fan, I'll hate it and I won't see yeah. it. It's on TV. I just I also think that what Joker kind of solidified for me is that DC seems to be doing a lot more experimental, a lot more gritty. They seem to care about the quality of the film and maybe not oh, selling yeah. six other movies. Finally. And that's what I that's what was burning me out on Marvel. It's just yeah. they're, they're just advertisements for six other movies. And Joker seemed like it's its own film. There's a reason why it's nominated for how many awards? A bunch. I don't know. But I made yeah. over a billion. I mean Yeah, a billion dollars. I mean, who could have predicted that? Oh, I shit. certainly wouldn't have watched when I watched that movie, thought that that would have been a hit with the audience. No way. I agree. But I think I think I think, I think there's a lot of people that are in your shoes, <clears throat> where they're kind of burned out on Marvel. Yeah, which I'm not burned out on Marvel. I think a couple of the movies they did were less than stellar. I still think Captain Marvel wasn't that great. Um, I, th- I still think that Black Panther was good overall, but some of the action was really boring. Um, like Thor two was terrible. That's um, probably about the time I gave up watching Marvel movies. I did see Thor Ragnarok, though. Oh, Ragnarok's fantastic. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I want to see Taika Waititi's... Uh, what the hell was that? The, the Hitler movie. Oh, jo- uh, Jojo or Rabbit. Something. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. That yeah, looks fantastic. So do I. There's no way that's going to be a theater anywhere near me, so I'll have to wait until it comes to <laughs> video. But it was cool because Taika Waititi actually was in Mandalorian, too. He played one of the robots and then i think he directed one or two of the episodes yeah and you watched the mandalorian you liked it i liked it i didn't love it i but i did enjoy it and it's a fun western um i just i have more of a problem with baby yoda which is awesome and he's adorable (laughs) but i have more of a problem with disney plus uh in terms of new content because disney plus essentially became the Mandalorian app for me. And I watched Black yeah. Hole, which was great when I was a kid, but oh my God, that movie did not age well. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh. Uh, I still uh, want to watch Black Cauldron, which is one of my favorites when I was a kid. Uh, Robin Hood's on there, which is my favorite Disney movie. Yeah, one of my favorites too. Animated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then The Rocketeer, because I love that fucking movie. That's a great movie too. Yeah. Yes. Which has ties with Captain America. Since that's the same director, but uh, yeah, I mean, to me, Disney Plus just became the Mandalorian app, and I mean, there's some good stuff in there, but a lot of this stuff is 
to, to me at least, it's a lot of the Disney XD, Disney, you know, the Disney Channel stuff. And I don't care about most of that. I'm not a kid. I might act like a kid, but I'm not a kid. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's neat to, it's neat that they have the old stuff that I grew up with, like Herbie the Love Bug, uh, Swiss Family Robinson is one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid. I still that's, want Song of the cool South. Re- with the Song of the South? Well, and Bob Iger actually said he may reevaluate it. I don't get it. But well, again, it, it's the whole racial thing, but Song of the South, I remember seeing as a kid. Yeah, so a, do I. Cool. I mean, they still have those songs I love those at Disney World. And yeah, the ride. I mean, uh, Splash Mountain, that's all Song of the South. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> and and they actually have they actually have a couple of other things on that app that kind of have some racial implications because they were made in the fifties and whatnot, and they have an opening card that says you know this was made in a different time you know. I think Dumbo is one of those. Yes, it is because of because of all the crows. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, fucking do that with song. Uh, I I mean, it's become a point of contention for me personally. Because they say, it's got everything from the vault. All right, let me see the Song of the South then. Well, except for that. You know, fucking put it on there. It's history. And it's a, it's yeah. a good movie. Yeah. It's, you know, I loved anyway. those books when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of piggyback on our, I'm getting uh, Disney Plus through a friend. Probably should ah, mention okay. that. But we use it. I mean, I I didn't like the Mandalorian very much. My, I don't live in a house that's like Star Wars friendly. But <sighs> I we, I liked it. I didn't love it, and I I really do think that the way they ended it though is really interesting for season two, and it did get okay. picked up for season two already. But the way they ended it was fun, and and the guy that plays the Mandalorian, the guy that from the second Kingsman movie, and he's. I guess he's in Game of Thrones. Oh, no, not Game he, of Thrones. He's, he's in, in Narcos. Uh, Narcos. He's good. He's really good. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So, I think it's cool. It's more than you would see from a Star Wars TV show even five years ago. Uh, the technical yeah. stuff is fantastic. But I, I, don't I like think we're at the potential yet for what Disney Plus is going to be in, I, in probably two years, three years. If I'm it's sure still around three years. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I think Bob Iger made $50 million this year. I think they're doing okay. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. It, it is funny to still see a couple of the Marvel movies on Netflix. And then you go to Disney Plus and they're like, well, I have this movie on such and such date because of previous contracts. Because there's oh, still yeah. some of the stuff Netflix still has the rights yeah. to. <laughs> the, pro- the problem I have with Disney Plus right now, uh, the app has an issue with their HDR lighting. And they fixed it somewhat, but there's still some HDR weirdness in the app. Where it, hmm. things just look way too dark. Like even the Mandalorian looks way too dark. Little, yeah. I had to come upstairs and watch it on my plasma a couple of episodes because I couldn't see it on my HD on my 4K TV. It was so fucking dark. Just too dark. I, yeah. I haven't noticed because I haven't watched it on there. I, I haven't. I kind of quit watching it <laughs> right before we got the new TV. Eh, give it a try because <sighs> it ends strong. It really does end strong. Okay. Uh, the problem is that I think they they had a couple of Sopranos esque throwaway episodes. They really did. Yeah, but it it ends really <laughs> that's strong. That's when I quit. Plus, Gina Carano's really good in it because I always wanted Gina Carano to be the Wonder Woman. I think she would have been a great. Yeah, Wonder that was one of the good episodes. I did see that one. She shows the up one again after it. Okay, the one after it with the uh, 
the old woman and the uh, the sniper and the assassins out there. Yeah, the middle. yeah. That one wasn't so great. It was all right, but the guy, the young guy, was kind of lame. Not a good actor. No, not really. Bad acting. It's like, yeah. man, you're Disney. You can't afford to get an actor. I mean, if you're <laughs> going to get a no name, at least make sure you can act. It's probably Donna or Bob Iger's nephew or his, something. His nephew. Is, all right, you got yeah. one chance. Don't don't <laughs> screw me, Toby. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it ends strong, and and the last episode especially, I think you'll really, I think you'll actually really enjoy it. Okay. I think you'll appreciate it. Although the funny thing is, the very end of the episode, unless you watch the animated series, you don't you don't understand the impact of what happens. And I had to go back and look it up. But uh, you, you don't lose Clone anything, Wars, right? Uh, I think it's from Clone Wars. Okay. Yeah. I had to go look it up. I kind of had a feeling it was something that was a uh, tie-in with the animated shows, and I had to, I found it pretty quick. But anyway, sorry to get you off track. No, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so now we got to figure out what movie is coming out this year that I fly out to Seattle to see. This year? Oh, geez. Did you want me to go into what I've been playing and watching? Or yeah. do you want to talk about movies? Well, I'm, I'm sure at the end of it we'll talk movies. But yeah, go ahead and talk about what you've been playing. Gush about okay, Death but... Stranding for half an hour. No, I... It's weird. I I couldn't tell you why I play as much Death Stranding as I do. It's just kind of this monotonous therapeutic world that you you kind of like meditation. You probably should receive a paycheck for playing. You know what I mean? Because you're just <laughs> delivering packages. <laughs> I, you, I feel like I should get that's a what check I said in to the you, mail. When when Ray and I first started talking about it, I'm like, it's a UPS simulator. It's a UPS simulator. It is. But there's something about planning those deliveries out. Building the infrastructure. I don't know, Glenn. I listen to podcasts. I listen to your podcast while I'm playing it. Sucker. It's just something mindless I can play, and I just kind of tune out and play. And, and literally, I think I played that game game last year. Yeah. It's probably at about 2 in the morning. I'm just up playing Death Stranding, just trying to Jeez. kill time. And I can't go back to but it. But recently, we got a uh, VR system. Yeah. Because I could tell I wanted to get my daughter into gaming more, and uh, it's totally worked. That kid loves it. That's He's awesome. Been playing uh, uh, Beat Saber, we, me and her play that. Astrobot, my God, I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's very good. Um, let's see. I tried Resident Evil Seven in VR. That was a little too much. <laughs> I don't know about. Do you play? Do you play VR at all? Yeah. Yeah. My stomach gets a little tripped out by it still. Like, I can't play it for more than Some games will do that to you. Some games don't handle the motion stuff very well. Like Robinson, I remember. Uh, it's like the Swiss Family Robinson scenario. Uh, that yeah. game got me woozy even, and I usually don't get motion sickness. But every now and then, there's a game that gets me even. But uh, most of the new stuff has been good. Like Moss and, and Astrobot's fine, and... Uh, Gollum is pretty good, but I did get motion sick a little bit in Gollum one time where I got a little like, Ooh, what's going on here? Um, but you get used to it, but there's always going to be occasionally there's going to be a game out there that's just going to get you. Like this afternoon I tried, uh, I bought cause me and you are going to try Star Trek bridge 
crew or is it bridge yeah, crew? Bridge, bridge commander. commander. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. That was one of the reasons I wanted to get VR too, is I'm a huge Star Trek nerd and I wanted that. I, I remember that experience. We got the staff together to play that game and it was me, Josh, Chaz, which is funny because we never hear Chaz talk. And yeah. all of a sudden we hear this British accent and we're like, oh, is that Chaz? Whoa, oh my God. British and <laughs> the fun, I think we, I think I posted it, but we had a video of it and I was being really loud because I'm loud. Yeah. And I didn't realize I was being loud, but you watch the video. Even I was annoyed at myself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Shut up, Glenn. Shut up, dude. But it's so much fun. And you won't, you won't get motion sick from that. Cause it's a lot of, uh, you, you assign yourself kind to different of positions. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so such, I, the, such fun. That game. And then the Arkham game are kind of the big sell for me. So I popped that on this afternoon. I tried, uh, what is it? Arkham VR. Holy cow. Like it's cool. I but, was blown away. Yeah. But it's you, cool. You but it's not really a game. I've never, I've never had a VR experience before. So when you're standing there looking at Robin and he's the same height as you, it just, it was mind blowing. I was like, I couldn't yeah. believe I was in my own living room. I was in the <laughs> Arkham world just looking around. I mean, that blew me away. I started playing two, uh, uh, until I've got all the until dawn games, but I got rush of blood to try. Rush of blood's that awesome. Is, that is a wild game. Yeah. What it's a cool so idea. Good. Shooting it, gallery mixed with a horror game. Well, it's funny because remember the hotel that you and I stayed at in Brookfield when you were in town the for Hunter Predator? Hunter. No, no, not the no, that's that the, the Fister downtown. Okay. Oh, the Hunter. No, the, not the one in Brookfield. <laughs> it's it's down the street from that one in Brookfield, but uh, it was the suites that we stayed in. Yeah, I remember. Okay. So when the v- we got VR early for review and they sent us pretty much every game right away, all the launch games. And I rented a suite for a couple of days in Milwaukee and then MJC and Dave, Dave went and picked MJC up and they came down to Milwaukee to help me. <clears throat> and like nine volt came over, Mark came by, uh, I think Revy came by, but for a couple of days, that's all we did was play VR. And I remember getting pizza delivered from Marty's pizza. And I'm sure that girl, she looked in the room and she's like, what the fuck is going on here? You could just see it in her face. But I mean, we were playing all that stuff. We were streaming some of it. And I remember we were doing the Batman thing, but uh, Rush of Blood, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, we got hooked on that game. It's so yeah. Awesome. It, yeah. it takes that, uh, that there's that Buzz Lightyear ride at Disneyland or Disney World. And yeah. It kind of takes that and just cranks it up to 11. Yeah, there's some good shit in that game. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm trying to think yeah, of what I've been maybe. playing. The problem is I've really been playing VR much lately, but the last thing I played was Gollum and Gollum's really good. Uh, I think there's some pacing issues with it a little bit, but I know Ray really liked it, but it's from, from, from some folks that used to work on Halo. Okay. But it's, it's really cool. It's a, it's, it's cool not one. VR. Isn't something I can, like I said, I can't do it for very long, but what I do like about it is when we have like my nieces come over VR is like the centerpiece in our house now. All yeah. the kids want to play it. We got carnival games. We got like, and it just really, I don't know. I, I'm glad we bought it. I mean, if it you've got kids, try Moss out too. Moss is really okay. good. I Astrobot's great. Yeah, I'll probably end up getting Moss because I've just been buying these. They're not super expensive either. They're, you no, know, most really. of these older games are super affordable. <laughs> and other than that other than vr i played modern warfare with you occasionally sometimes because uh, you don't like me. i 
back on Red Dead Online trying to get my Moonshiner uh, role leveled up. And then I tried that game Judgment out Judgment from the, oh, the guys uh, that make Yakuza. Yeah, that's a great game. Yeah, it is so far. I only played it a little bit, though, so I'm, I'm barely into it. But I really, I'm really digging it. Oh, and uh, on the Switch, I started playing my friend Pedro. Have you played that? I've seen it played. I don't own it because it's not my type of game. Okay. It reminds me of the old Rolling Thunder game. Yeah. Which I used to. I love Rolling Thunder. Love Rolling Thunder. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I've been playing that a lot. I like it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not my style of game, though. Because it, it's kind of reminds me of like a Super Meat Boy or whatever, where you just got a lot of shit going on at the same time. But slow motion. Totally. Yeah. 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 Um, and then watching, I just discovered Apple TV and just went head over heels for two of their shows. Right. Um, C, which I think is one of my favorite series I in a long time with Jason Momoa. <laughs> Sorry, I got something in my throat. Where it's like 200 years after the, uh, basically the end of civilization happens when everybody goes blind yeah. all of a sudden. So 200 years later, there's a virus that, that, that wipes out mankind. But those survivors, it's like 2% of the population survives. They're all blind. Right. And it's sort of this culture that's developed around not seeing. And like the idea of sight is almost mag- It's magical to them. They're, huh. It's considered witchcraft. And these babies are born with the gift of sight. It's a really, really good series. I love it. Yeah, really good. It reminds me of it. It's like a post apocalyptic conan the barbarian oh okay yeah really dig that and then i watched m night Shyamalan's servant which is super addicting yeah i've been hearing good things about that one yeah really small like one location four principal characters and it's just fascinating like that show kept me riveted the show i want to watch on uh apple plus if i ever get it is uh Ubisoft actually is a producer on it. It's called Mythic Quest. Is yeah, it Mythic out? Quest. I think it's out now, but um, it's it's the the folks from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, and like Danny Pudi from Communities in it, and uh, I can't remember who else. But <clears throat> basically, it's a they're like a game developer, and the guys from. Uh, Always Sunny or like uh, the leaders of the studio and everything. It's, it looks hilarious. Huh? No, yeah. I want to check that out. So Mythic Quest, it's called. Oh, wait, I just global premiere on, on February 7th. Okay, so it's coming out in a couple weeks. Oh, wait. Apple today announced that Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet has been renewed for a second season ahead of its. Oh, yeah. So the first season premieres on February 7th. February 7th. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, they yeah. did that with C too. C also has like a second season. They they nice. they basically announced it when they had the first season going on. There is a second. Okay. Um, yeah, I just got that for a, like a temporary. I think it's like five bucks a month. But I just got the uh, trial because I wanted to sh- see that one show because I like Stephen Knight. Yeah, uh, who I met once and interviewed once, but he made Taboo, which I, I'm a huge fan of that TV show too. But that, there won't be a second season to that, I heard, till like 2021 or something. Okay. Really cool series with Tom Hardy. Really grimy, though, and, and pretty gnarly. Not pretty depressing, but a, uh, I'm a big fan of Stephen Knight's work. 
<laughs> so I've yeah, heard the name. I, did, I, I don't know what it is. I'll have to look it up. He did Locke. He did a movie called Locke. He's done a lot of television now. Okay. But um, anyway, that. Oh, and uh, the Peaky Blinders. Who's behind that? You know, I tried that show. I love the Peaky Blinders. I can't get into it. I'm going to try again, but I think the accents are too deep for me. Turn on the the captions. <laughs> captions. I did it. I did it. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> Sometimes idea. Sometimes those accents are a little thick. Yeah. Yeah. I remember trying it because uh, some of our community would just gush about that show. And yeah. I remember trying it. I'm like, I cannot get into this. And the funny thing is, I think me a little bit. I think Scarecrow from uh, Dark Knight's in it. Yeah, yeah. Kelly uh, Murphy. Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I was one of those people. I was skeptical. My wife talked me into watching it. Now I'm a huge fan of the Peaky Blinders. Nice. So if you listeners like the Peaky Blinders, I would definitely recommend you go hunt down Taboo and watch it. And if you want like that, I would check out C on Apple TV because it's the same level of writing. Really, really solid writing. Huh. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, by the way, another VR game you want to try for sure for you, yeah. not for the kids. Uh, Blood and Truth. Oh, I have that. It came with it. Yeah, that game you want to play. It, okay, it's good. Did Did you play any? Did yours come with any demos? It did come with some demos, but it came with VR Golf and Blood and Truth. It did come oh, with okay. two games. Because in the demos, there's a demo. Uh, it was like a proof concept demo called, I think, Gangs of London. Uh huh. Where it's kind of uh, uh, it, it's kind of a modern day British gangster movie like, like Guy, a Ritchie Guy Ritchie makes. Yeah, Blood and Truth is basically the full game based on that concept. Okay, and you dual wield uh, guns with the move controllers, the whole thing. It's it's uh, fantastic. Okay. All yeah. right, I'm gonna try that. I'll chop. I actually need to play it more. I've only played a little bit of it. But yeah, I keep forgetting I have it just because it came with the game, the the system. (laughs) I just forget I have it. That's considered one of the better games for PSVR. And it's a PSVR exclusive. It's Sony actually made it. And speaking of Guy Ritchie transitioning into. uh, Yeah. I watched all the Guy Ritchie crime movies. It's fucking crazy. Because I I pitched a story idea to this website, Rebellar Media, to, to. cover like do a, a retrospective of guy Ritchie's crime movies and they yeah. liked it so i spent the last two weeks just buried in guy Ritchie crime movies and writing about them i can think of worse so ways that, to uh, spend your time it was good the only the only tough one to get through was revolver i've never that seen movie's it. fucking awful i tried to watch it before and this is and since it became a job this time i watched it holy shit it's well, reputation. wasn't it something with Madonna like interfered with that movie? And I, I, think I it was wrote some... that in the article. I wrote that in my piece to the to Rebeller that I thought that you could definitely feel like someone was telling Guy Ritchie to grow up. Yeah, and he wasn't ready yet. Whereas <sighs> when you watch Rock and Rolla, he's developed as a filmmaker. Yes, and he's still kind of his key. The key to Guy Ritchie is the immaturity. That's yes, one of his strengths. But his maturity as a filmmaker happened in Rock and Rolla. And it's that, that's why I really i am a big fan of that movie. Because it's like both of those things came together. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think he's a great filmmaker. Now, now. I mean, even back in the day, <laughs> he was good. But I need but, to go uh, watch Lock, Lockstock again. But all I have that Lockstock on is Lockstock is so great. I only have it on LaserDisc. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure if that's even on streaming disc. anywhere. 
I don't know if it is either. I have all the Blu-rays, so. Oh, okay. Uh, swept away, you can't get anywhere but streaming, and I haven't. I've never seen that. Nor that was going to become originally part of the uh, the article was to cover all his movies, and it's like, no, let's just do his crime movies because the gentleman's coming out. Oh, it looks so good. One. I'm seeing that Wednesday night and reviewing that for a website. You better text and, me after after you're done with that movie and let me know. Okay, how it is. I will. I will. I'll let you know. That, that looks awesome. When I found, I'm I'm the one that told you about that, aren't I? I think you are. I, I found the trailer on Voodoo. I'm like, whoa, holy shit. This looks yeah, awesome. It's like, didn't he just do Aladdin? I mean, when did he have time to make a... Hey, that's uh, on Disney Plus now if you want to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to. I don't think I need to see it. <laughs> I, I just don't need to see it. You know, <laughs> I forgot to mention this. I watched Bad Boys 1 and 2. Because, yeah, those are on Netflix, aren't they? Yeah, but I wanted to yeah. see why the fuck they deserve another sequel. And the first one is so bad. I just, I was even on Twitter like, I don't get this at all. And that's <laughs> that's the movie that pretty much propelled Martin, or uh, uh, not Martin Lawrence, but Will Smith. That's pretty much yeah. what launched his movie career. And uh, that script was awful. And and it's funny because it's one of it's Michael Bay's first movie. And he yeah, even talks about how bad the script was. And I'm like, and there's this one point in the movie, for example. And yes, it's an action flick. I get it. But <clears throat> Tia Leone sees this murder go down. And they're protecting her. And the bad guys get a hold of her. Spoilers. Why don't they just kill her? She's not holding any information that they need. They, they just, just want to hold get- her hostage. They just hold her hostage. Because why, why? Well, she is, <laughs> yes, but I don't. Why? Like, I don't get it. The second one, the second movie, by comparison, is much better than the first one. Okay. Still not that great of a movie, but it's much better. Yeah, I've been planning on watching those because I, I saw them on Netflix. I'm like you. I've never seen them. I'm not a huge. Michael no, I've Bay. seen them, but I've forgotten about them because. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, I forgot to talk about those. But anyway. Uh, let's see. And then this week, I think um, Picard debut is is premiering. So I'm pretty excited about that. The new yeah. series with Patrick Stewart. I'm Can't not, wait for that. I'm not getting another uh, service. I'm just not doing it. I don't have DC I, Universe. I'm not getting CBS. I'm not. Fuck that. Yeah, I'm tired of this. I, I wish. I'm, I agree. I wish I was stronger. I got CBS for... Uh, for Star Trek Discovery, and I ended up liking that, so I kind of held on to it. Yeah. Now there's two reasons to hold on to it, but it's expensive, man. It's like 14 bucks a month. That's what I heard. Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny, too, because I, I, I kind of thought about the DC app for a while. Mainly, even though I don't know uh, the story of the books or anything, uh, but mainly for Doom Patrol. Yeah. And they were really smart because they put the first episode of the show on YouTube for free. And I enjoyed it. It's Timothy Dalton. They got to give you those samples. Dude, Timothy Dalton's in it. And I adore Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. And uh, Brendan Fraser's on it. And I adore Brendan Fraser. And the first episode was good. And they leave you hanging and you're like, fuck. It's like you said, (laughs) they're like drug dealers. First taste is free, kid. Yep. And I, I thought about it. And the cool thing is, so I've, I've kind of fallen off 
the last couple of seasons of like the flash and arrow and supergirl and all those shows and oddly oddly it happened because i really like them i think dc is killing it on tv but they just did this humongous crossover event that was kind of hard to follow actually uh like where to go watch it but i watched them all uh called the crisis on infinite earths now yeah. i haven't i haven't read dc comics in long time years and i knew this thing existed but holy shit did they have so much fun on crisis like all these little cameos of like Burt Ward made a cameo and um oh, what's his name Tom Tom Welling God how on. old is Burt Ward Burt Ward I think he's in his 70s he basically runs an animal rescue out of his house him and his is wife Adam did. West still alive No he died year, okay. 2 years ago a year ago it wasn't that long ago yeah <clears throat> yeah um but there's all they had all these little cameos from all these different DC properties and I was, I think I was telling you, John Cryer plays Lex Luthor. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, that would be amazing. So much better than <laughs> what they did with him in the DC movie universe. Uh, Batman versus Superman. Oh, he's fucking awful. Yeah, he's terrible. And I, I don't think it's really, uh, I forget his name. And it's not, I don't think it's totally his fault. I think it's Zack Snyder fucking with it too. But my God, uh, Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. John Cryer's really, 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 really good as Luther. And, but the crisis thing, I mean, the problem is there's a lot of characters. I don't know who the fuck they are because I haven't watched those shows in so long. But I think it was a four or five episode crossover event. The cool thing is they have the CW app is out there and now you have to watch commercials, but they have that whole event in one thing so you can watch it straight through instead of trying to find all the shows manually on Hulu. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, it's really good. Uh, very cool ending, the way they, they tied it up at the end. Uh, you know, they've got all the DC shows that are on right now. So, but the cool thing is they even had a little cameo of the Doom Patrol from the DC app. But I think they got away with it because they had that first episode on YouTube. Because I wouldn't have known who they were if because if, I don't have that app. Yeah. But, Really, really well written event, and uh, I mean, it's a major undertaking. They they pretty much God, I bet. tied I think five shows together, plus all these other little things. I mean, there's even something from the movies in there. An actor from the movie shows up. Yeesh. Yeah, but yeah, I it's it's weird for me because I do want to go back and watch those shows, but they did some other crossovers, and it was really hard to track them, like to know what to watch in what order, and I have to find that and. Watch all that stuff. Yeah, I don't. I mean, to me, it sounds like a riddle. I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, that's that's the cool thing about the CW app, and and you can download it right in your TV because you have the same stuff I do. I think. Yeah, but they have a thing right at a banner right when you launch the app. Like, here's here's the crisis crisis on Infinite Earths, and you just go because like one's on Batwoman, one's on Supergirl, one's on Arrow, one's on Flash. I think. Okay. But they just have them right in the order on the on the app. But it's cool. It was it was fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds neat. Yeah. Um. That's it, man. I've just been Guy Ritchie watching some Apple TV, and that's about it. Nice. Now we just have to figure out, like I said, the movie that I need to fly out by you guys to see. In twenty twenty. Then we can uh, 
have a dinner with no straws because Seattle doesn't <laughs> like straws. Yeah, Seattle bans straws. They'll let you live right out in front of the restaurant. Jesus Christ. And use the door <laughs> as a toilet. But you, you can't use a drinking straw. You're going to kill the turtles, man. What is coming out this year that looks good? The Gentleman, I think, looks great. Gentleman. Um, um, hold on. I'm punching some stuff in. That Morbius movie looks all right, but I don't think I need to see it in a theater because I just don't like Jared Leto. Oh, I want to see the, obviously, the new Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, that trailer did nothing for me. It did everything for me. I thought it looked... Uh, I need to watch it again. The, you're talking about like the mini movie the, during the break-in? Uh, did you see yeah. that? Yeah. Okay, what about Top Gun, Glenn? I don't like the first movie. Top Gun 2. I've I've stood in that tower at Miramar at the airbase. When I was in ROTC, we did a, a week-long field trip to San Diego Naval Base and Camp Pendleton. And we actually took a day out to Miramar and we got to stand on the in the tower. Oh. Just saying. I'm okay. bad at this. <laughs> looks like there's a new Ghostbusters. There's a new uh, uh, Ghostbusters looks awesome. Yeah, I got, with the kids. Yes, I got goosebumps from that movie or from that trailer. How about the new Bond film? It looks amazing. Yeah, what is that called? The Quiet No Time to Die. No Time to Die. That looks amazing. I'm You're very excited for that. Bond fan than- I'm one of the only, apparently, I'm one of the only Bond uh, fans that like Spectre. I thought Spectre was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I didn't like it. Oh my god, so many callbacks. So great. There's one gas well on the base and they shoot that. I loved it. I love Spectre. (laughs) I know you did. I remember being at that screening. We were all pretty excited. There was only a handful of us because they screened it during the day. And I remember that excitement just dying. Like in the first 20 minutes, it was gone. <sighs> That's crazy. It was a dead screening. But you know what? That happens. Because I've, I've, uh, Joker screened bad in Seattle. So did, uh, one no. time in Hollywood. Some screenings are just bad. There's no life in the room. And film critics are fucking pretentious as hell. You, they're, you they're go see the movie somewhere else and it, it plays differently. Yeah. It's no, you're right. There, it's almost a religion. <clears throat> well, I mean, like I'll be honest. Order. Once upon a time in Hollywood, when I walked out of that movie theater, Rock and I both were like, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. And I had to think about it. And I thought about it overnight. And I woke up I'm like, that was a brilliant film. Yeah. We, well, it was that kind of film. Yeah. It's but, not the kind you're going to immediately uh, go head over heels for. But the next day, it's still there. It's still with you. <laughs> I'm actually probably going to watch Kill Bill 1 and 2 this week. I haven't seen those in a okay. long time. And I need to watch those. I rewatched all of his, his movies just before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Kill Bill 1 is a phenomenal still i really need to uh get my laser laser player hooked up because i want to watch jackie brown off laser disc and pulp fiction off laser disc and yeah i need to watch that you just need someone with muscle to come over there and get that well i mean rock's got the muscle but it was so icy i didn't want him to fall over. i mean yeah. if he breaks the player he like breaks the player i have three of them but i didn't want him to get hurt because the whole that. everything out there was covered with like a sheet of ice so I was like, eh. Looking out for your friend. Yeah, I don't want to get. I don't want him to get hurt. He, I'm already hurt. We don't need anybody else hurt. So this year, probably Tenet. That's the Christopher Nolan movie. That's the movie yeah. I want to see the most. I gotta watch and that I'm trailer. I'm sure again. there'll be more. But uh, what did we just see? I saw 1917, and then I saw 
Uh, I guess I should have mentioned that in the things we we've seen. Yeah, I, I took my wife to 1917 last week. It was pretty good. It's not as I don't think it's an Academy Award winning war film, but it's good. It'll get an Academy Award for technical stuff, even though where he's splicing the film, I saw a scene. I'm like, whoa, I could see exactly where they spliced it. Yeah, he you could jumps tell. off the bridge. I was like, Jesus, that was obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's have you seen it yet? Or is it not? No, I'm going to wait until it comes to video. But uh, it's funny. I've always been a World War Two guy in terms of my interest until I went to Europe in, in 2013. And we spent a lot of time in the Flanders region where a lot of the World War One battles happened. And then I yeah. gained an appreciation for what happened during that war, and I studied it more. So now I'm more interested because I, I, it looks like it's brilliantly directed, and it's a story that interests me. But it's funny. I'll probably have to go alone because it's like I went and saw Dunkirk with Rock and Nine Volt, and they both hated that movie. Oh, I love that movie. I loved it too. And but they were both like, I don't, get, I don't get why Glenn likes this. Like, what? This is a fantastic movie. So I'll have to see that alone. So I'll just wait. You just need imagination. And they like. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> Nine Volt doesn't like anything. <laughs> Nine Volt. Uh, yeah, so I took my wife to see 1917. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't see what all the. I think technically, it, technically, I mean, it's. If I want to think of something technical, something like The Revenant. Yeah, where you which... film this whole movie outdoors with no natural, with just using natural light. That's a technical yeah. achievement. Like it's funny bringing that up because I was actually going to watch that the other day, but my digital copy is only in 1080p, and oh, I know the 4K Blu-ray has HDR lighting and it's supposed to be fantastic. I cannot find my 4K Blu-ray, but I've never seen that movie. Uh, have you seen and the I, back of that Blu-ray box? I remember we took a picture of it, and sent it to you. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Sam was in Milwaukee when we were at Half Price Books. We're like, "Hey, look at that!" Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> But that seems like more of a technical achievement now. These like the the fake single take. I thought it was done really well in in uh, Atomic Blonde. Yeah, um, it's cool, and it, it definitely lends. The first half of 1917 is the best part of that movie. It gives it this real air of you feel like you're following, you know, two guys into the unknown and into no man's land. It's definitely hairy. You you yeah. feel that, but. As for as far as the rest of the movie goes, I just thought it was okay. Mm. Well, um, I, I think you put it best though, and, and it's something that I I kind of expected. But you said something that effective. I think Sam Mendes was more worried about making a, a, a filmmaking than making a film. Yeah, more about filmmaking and and the technical aspects of filmmaking yeah. instead of making a great film. And and I could kind of see that, and I was very excited for that movie. And that I think they did have it here in town, but we got. We had a blizzard, so I, I didn't get out of the house. But, again, I mean, if you look at something like Saving Private Ryan, obviously Spielberg was into the filmmaking process because he changed so much. So much. There's war movies before Saving Private Ryan, then there's war movies after. Because, yes. Just because of all of the the sound and the, the way he did it. was so Well, even look what they did with, with Band of Brothers. I mean, that was... Yeah, exactly. Just a TV show when you bro- when you boil it down, but my God, the technical stuff they did was outstanding. Yeah, and he told a good story and made yes. a great war movie. So I just don't think you get a pass for technical achievements. And yeah. I was kind of bummed. I mean, we talk about war movies. Midway just came and left out of nowhere, Ooh. and it was supposedly decent. I didn't see that. I didn't think. I don't really like. Uh, was that Roland Emmerich? 
I think so. Yeah, which I think it was that I'm scared me a little bit too. Yeah, waiting for Godzilla to show up and <clears throat> Matthew Broderick to try to talk to it or something. Day after tomorrow, or yeah, what did he make? Two thousand and twelve. Yes, is that Roland Emmerich? Oh God, I'm pretty sure. Well, it was one of that crew. It's one of those guys. Yeah, they all. Emmerich might have been a producer. It might have been a different director, but I think Emmerich okay. was producer, if not director. But he did that awful Godzilla movie. Ugh. It was the worst. I'm I'm like racking my brain right now trying to remember where I saw that Christopher Nolan short film. I think it was on YouTube. Yeah, I but they showed it in a theater. Oh yeah. Um, God, was it before? Uh, never mind. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's I'm going to spend too much time trying to remember. I thought that's what I would like to do this year is if I have to move, at least I'll probably move to a bigger area and I'll have better theaters available because we have a good theater in town. But I was spoiled by living in Madison because that theater right by where I lived was brand new. And man, from the technical aspect, it was it's the same theater group that owned the one that we went to in Brookfield all the time where we saw Predator and Furious 7 that. I got so spoiled, you know, and it's funny too. Cause when I went to Kansas city last time for my dad's funeral or for my uh, two times ago, uh, rock went with me and right by my old high school, they redeveloped this whole area right by Johnson drive and I 35 and Cinemark built a humongous fucking theater there. And we saw, I think that's where we saw Kingsman, the golden circle. Ooh, and that was, there is a new Kingsman too. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Vaughn. <clears throat> yeah yeah but it's not a continuation i think it's a prequel isn't it yeah it's a prequel it's a prequel yeah so it's not eggsy anymore it's not no. the rock man it's still matthew bond though yeah i like matthew and bond. i like matthew punk bond. rock yeah i have it's never larry seen king, his first one was larry I can, king. I can tell you this when he did that joke about that anal joke in the first uh Kingsman, yeah. okay he did that as a bond to send up on bond <laughs> Nobody in the media thought that was funny. Like it was a dead, dead silence. They thought of it was offensive, right? So what does he do in the next movie? He does a whole scene where the guy's trying to plant a camera <laughs> finger. <laughs> no, the curl. tracker with a. Yeah. And I was, I was at that screening, and once again, it was so dead, and I was laughing. I was, I lost it. I'm like, <laughs> he's just trolling you guys now. Oh yeah, he knows t- you've all got sticks up your asses. He's just trolling you. Yep. It's just sex. I agree. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, I try to worm my way into that one. That, that, that press screening. Okay, I think we've rambled enough. We can probably end. Okay. This. Okay. Uh, so, folks, thanks for listening. Like I said, please get on the on the forums if you're even interested in this anymore. Let me let me know. I mean, if nobody gives a shit anymore, I can stop doing this. We can start doing something else, or I can just go away. Be the voice of Fat Boy Kevin. Tell me to fuck off. stay and fat boy kevin if you're listening fuck off uh (laughs) thanks very much uh don't forget to check out the website psnation.com hit our forums over psnation.com slash forums we still do have the uh facebook uh, page at uh facebook.com slash psnation page uh check us out on twitter at psnation or you can follow me at torgo psn uh don't forget to follow us on twitch i am still streaming 
Uh, it's a lot of Modern Warfare, which I don't think anybody gives a shit about anymore. Nobody watches, but uh, check us out on Twitch if, if there's something you want to see. Uh, old or new, whatever. I've got tons of old stuff that I've been messing with lately. Uh, hit us up, twitch.tv slash psnation, uh, youtube.com slash psnation, and uh, stuff and junk. But yeah, send. oh shit, we got an email. You got an email? Yeah, somebody sent an email. Let me find it if we can. Okay. Do you care if I pimp something? No, go ahead. I'll edit this uh, I did do, I did just edit it out. I did do, I spent about three months writing a top 50 films of the decade uh, list. Pretty comprehensive. Yeah. And that's on my blog, Cinema Abuse, which is just the word cinema. And then at B-U-S-E, like abuse.com. So if you're interested, that's on there. Check it out. It's a good article. I'm yeah, actually looking at gi- it right now as we speak. Gigantic. Yes, it is. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came in at number two. Yeah, Second favorite movie of the decade. It's too low. Too low? Yeah, too low. to put it that low? I, sh- I think it should have been number one. What, what was your number uh, one? Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Fury Road is fucking amazing. Yeah. I don't even like the first two Mad Max movies, but Fury, Fury Road is <laughs> outstanding. Just, yeah, that's a once-in-a-lifetime action flick. Right, Did you find on. your email yet? Uh, the problem is I get like 50 emails a day. And only one for the podcast? Yeah, why well... Just, why don't I just send you one right now? Well, it's funny because I thought one. I... I thought I marked it so I'd be able to find it. And I do have my Guy Ritchie article is coming out tomorrow on Rebeller Media, but they are a subscription site. Oh. So I wouldn't wouldn't tell you to get a subscription just to read one article by me, but... But do it anyway. No. No, I'm not going to say do it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I found the email. Kind of a lengthy one, too. Uh, This is from... uh, I don't know if I can say this last name. Bram Van Kampernal. Van Kampernal. Van Kampernal? Okay. It says, Hi, Glenn. First off, I'm glad PS Nation is still alive, and I hope you still have many years to come as a podcaster. See? Look at that. Well, it's one person. And you personally as well, of course. Secondly, I don't expect you to read this mail on the podcast, though if you want to talk about it on the podcast, feel free to do so. I do feel free. It's the first email since I've been back. Uh, I've been a long-time listener. What's that? Things are looking up. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Millhouse. Um, I've been a longtime listener since the joystick days and have been hearing your voice and opinion for so many years. To me, this creates some kind of connection that we've never spoken in person or even met each other. I guess I just want to say I would appreciate your point of view on the following matter. All right, guys, this gets a little heavy. I'm currently 35 years old and have been an avid gamer since I was around 12 and got my first gaming console, the PlayStation. I've loved this hobby ever since and always found joy in playing video games and expected gaming to also help me through some difficult times. I've been lucky to not have had any of those difficult life-changing moments until in my life until recently. Just before the holidays, I lost a dear friend and colleague who unexpectedly commit sui- committed suicide at the age of 29. As you can imagine, I have been overwhelmed with emotions ever since. In the darkest moments of the morning pre- process, morning press, morning process, I needed something to keep my mind off of my friend's decision, and I turned into gaming. 
or turn to gaming. However, to my surprise, gaming could not help at all uh, to temporarily block the feelings of guilt, despair, and sense of being powerless. These games seemed very trivial and useless, and I couldn't find any enjoyment in them and quickly switched my console back off. The same could not be said for my other hobbies. While watching a movie and listening to music helped me to calm some of those negative emotions associated with mourning, singing really helped me to release these emotions and to relieve some of the pain I felt. I sang in a few choirs. Sound like my dad. Yeah. Uh, It really made me question the value of playing video games. I always thought I liked video games because they let me escape reality, quote-unquote, and visit fantastical worlds, told interesting stories, and considered some of them as an art form. But when I really needed them to take me to a different world and help me to forget my worries, they couldn't help me at all, while other forms of cultural expression could. Have you experienced... Or have you had any experience with video games helping you through difficult episodes in your life? And where do you stand on the value of video games in comparison with other mediums such as music and movies? The hardest part of my mourning process is now over. I recently started playing video games again. I still enjoy them, but the feeling I used to have of always being able to escape the real world is gone. I now consider them to be a luxury product, which I can only enjoy in good times. When life gets really tough, I find no consolation in video games. I talked about this with two of my gaming friends, and they have the same idea. If if life gets difficult, you don't think about video games. And now for something completely different. (laughs) How do you manage your backlog? I can never participate in a game of the year debate because I'm lagging a few years behind. As an example, I just finished Horizon Zero Dawn as probably my most recent game. This does help me to save a lot of money, as I never buy games on release day, always a few months or years later. The only exception is, to this is Final Fantasy XII uh, Remake, my first priority. He put Roman numerals and I was like, Ugh. oh, what the hell? <clears throat> That's fine. Uh, this is, wait, no, it'd be VII is 7, right? Because X is 10. Yeah. Okay. Only exception to this one. is Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is my very first pre-order. I don't like digital pre-orders, by the way. Uh, this is the first game since I was young, which really got me excited and, wa- and made me watch gameplay trailers over and over. Final Fantasy VII was my second game on the PlayStation, and the game which introduced me to Japanese RPGs. So logically, I'm very excited for the remake. Thanks for reading, and hopefully my- for responding. Happy New Year, and I wish you a good job and good health and many podcast sessions. That's from Bram. Uh, so first I think up, I could, I think oh, I could answer most of the first half, but go ahead. Okay, well, no, feel free. Because I, 2010, my father was killed in an accident, and kind of similar straits didn't... I just think you're asking too much of video games. Nothing is going to replace a friend. Yeah, uh, there is no escape from. <laughs> it's, it's more <laughs> of a distraction. It's just a distraction. Yeah, and I really distracted myself. I think I beat forty different games that year that he died. I just played Jesus. video games. That's that was my escape, and I would just go to GameStop and buy whatever was thirty bucks and take it home and beat it. Sure, and I was kind of a zombie back then, uh-huh. but it sort of was my distraction. It was my way to get through that time period. But it's not a, I wouldn't say it was a healthy one, or it's, 
I think you're just asking too much of video games. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm the kind of person I, I don't process death like that. Uh, real emotionally, like when my father died, I never cried, but I kind of expected it to happen. Yeah. And I was prepared for it. Uh, but like when a friend of mine passes away, it hits me harder. I mean, Andrew Yoon dying, uh, Hilden dying, those hit me harder. I didn't. Yeah. And I'm getting more emotional as I get older. I've noticed like I'm, I'm way easier to roll a tear now than I used to be. Um, like I was just, what what was I just watching? (sighs) Oh, it's a new show on TV called Stumptown. Okay. And it's it's all takes place in Portland. It's really good. I really like it. And there was an episode about uh, a guy in the military found out that uh, he was adopted. And oh. I've got I was talking to Jaffe about this. Like I have a really big soft spot about that because I was adopted. Even though I got great parents and everything, nothing bad I can even fathom about the process. But it, you still start thinking about it and and you yeah. know, this guy's trying to find his real parents and the whole thing. And I, I broke down. I just started tears just started rolling. Um, but I, it's funny when he mentions like movies and everything else. Cause I think that's kind of how I would handle it too, is I would probably start putting movies in instead of playing video games. Because for me, I would rather just lose myself in a story than actually participate in that story. Yeah, I think you're right. Because it is more of a distraction when you're playing the game. Unless, I mean, there's also the the obvious, you know, action game like a Modern Warfare or a Battlefield or whatever, where it's not about the story. It's just about the action and, and trying to keep, you know, your, your mind uh, doing something and to keep your mind busy. But I would probably be the person to, like, start putting a shitload of movies in. And it'd probably be classics. It'd probably be, be like... Uh, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, and it'd be L.A. Confidential. Like all my favorites would be the movies that I put in. Yeah, Rocketeer and all that stuff. <clears throat> That's rough, though. I mean, I I've lost a couple of people to suicide as well earlier, uh, not recently, but uh, when I was younger, and uh, it's rough. I mean, it, 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 you start questioning things like, you know, why would this happen? Is there anything I could have done to stop this from happening? And it's tough. Yeah, and it, it seems like the person, this guy's got it all figured out and he kills himself. I mean, it's, it's yeah. it gets you wondering, like, God, yeah. if he didn't make it, <laughs> what are my chances? Well, well I get it. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, I talked a, lo- a little bit about this with, uh, with Jaffe when he was on, but ever since I had the stroke, I've got this now condition called post-stroke uh, depression. Depression. And... I've always kind of discounted all that stuff, but I was just sitting on the couch one day and all of a sudden out of nowhere, light switch flipped. And I was like, where's my shotgun? Yeah, that is so scary, dude. I, you just, you, it just comes into your mind and, and that's all you can do. And I talked to the neurologist about it and I asked about, you know, are there pills or whatever? And she said it would mask it, but your brain's damaged. And it's, it's going to be a lot more difficult than people with like the chemical imbalance or whatnot, because there's actual physical damage to my brain now because of it. And, but but the cool thing is 
when I had the stroke and I had to meet with her afterwards, this neurologist was awesome because I told her, you know, just tell me whatever I need to know. Don't sugarcoat anything. And she said, like, you're here's the, the CT scan. This tells me that you're probably going to get th- this depression and here's what to look for. And she said, you should be able to identify it and you just have to deal with it. And she was really good about explaining it. So I was lucky. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's a weird thing where you just, all of a sudden, you're just like, do I need to do this anymore? Yeah, that would be that's spooky. But anyway, uh, how do I manage my backlog? That's a funny question since I had just went back and played Halo 5 and Battlefront 2, which are both relatively older. <clears throat> it's, it's different for me, though, because um, a lot of times developers send me codes for games to try out. And my backlog is probably bigger than most people. Uh, so it, it's, it's different for me because what it is now, and, and it really changed toward the end of me doing the podcast before and since then, but I just kind of get into rhythms of like, I'll play nothing but classic games for a couple of weeks. <clears throat> like, I think there was about a month where I didn't turn my PS4 on when I was in my quote unquote retirement. Um, cool. Yeah, I just wasn't interested in playing any new games at all. And I was so focused on these new technologies, the FPGA stuff and, and you know, and playing the classic stuff. And, and this device I got from my first PlayStation where I can load everything onto the SD card. And, and because my, play, my launch date PlayStation, the optical drive is starting to go bad. As a lot of them did, you had to turn them over so the cutscenes wouldn't, you know, skip or anything else. And this brought new life back into that console and I hadn't played these games for years. And that's what interested me. And, you know, we talk about, <clears throat> is this a good way to cope with things or is this a way to distract yourself? And that's really what I've been, that's been a big part of my life lately is distracting myself and keeping my, my mind busy. Because if I don't, and I leave myself to my thoughts, well, that's when shit gets dark, you know? Yeah. So it is an interesting idea when you start thinking about it. Uh, Backlog-wise, there's no way I'll ever finish my backlog. There's no way. I've got games on my PS4 that I've had for four years I've never touched. Never played them. Fuck, I still have, um, well, The Revenant. How long ago did that come out? I've never watched it. I own it. Never watched it. (laughs) The Green Room, another one on your list. 16, yeah. 15. Green Room, I bought it because you talked about it. I still haven't watched it. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. And I want to see it. I just, every time I look at it, I'm like, nah, later. It, it's, it's all about what I'm interested in at the time. In the moment, yeah. Sometimes I want to see something with really cool technical shit. Great lighting and whatnot. Sometimes I want yeah, a comedy. I'm with you there. Yeah, Sometimes it, I want something with just shitloads of special effects pop in 300 or or uh, watchman or some zack snyder i really want to watch you know, like, uh both blade runners that's the next thing on my list is probably i'm going to hunker down and watch both back. blade runners yeah 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 and i have that ultimate box set for the first movie somewhere i have to find it but i have it digitally too i have the i have the the new yeah cut i got the one that comes with the little spinner <laughs> the little car yeah i haven't opened it Mine's like, a briefcase. 
Oh yeah, that one was really cool. One of that it's like five one. different cuts. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm I'm a little more fickle, tricky. and I mean I've always been kind of that way to begin with. But I think it's been amplified in my brain the last couple of years that behavior. So I've always been kind of absent-minded. Do you ever get the spooky feel? Like I get this feeling I walk into the room with all the movies in it, uh, my office. And I'm thinking some of these movies I'll never see again in this lifetime. Like there's no uh, way I'm going to get to all these again. I don't really think about that now when I was first, I mean, I was really heavy into buying laser discs and they were about yeah. 30, 30, 35 bucks a piece on average. Uh, and then there's all the special editions that were hundreds, like the star Wars box. That was two forty nine. I remember, um, but it's a fantastic box that the book that comes with it is fucking great. Yeah. Uh, I would think about stuff like that then, like, oh, I'm spending this much money on it, and I'll probably watch it once. You know? Uh, I'm really weird about, and I've lightened up on it quite a bit, because digital sales have kind of lightened the load a little bit for the wallet, but I was always one of those people that, if I didn't see the movie yet, and it came out, I was very hesitant to spend the money on it, because I didn't want to get burned. Nowadays, I mean, you can rent it on, on Vudu or you can rent it on Amazon or whatever and only spend a couple of bucks. And even better, like um, Vudu just had a sale, a holiday sale, and I got a couple of digital versions of movies that I own on DVD, like The Other Guys with Will Ferrell. Uh, they had it for yeah, like we were six bucks. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. So it's that sort of thing nowadays where I've lightened up a little bit like Joker. I didn't see it in the theater, but I was like, all right, I'll buy it. I was going to rent it, but I'm like, eh, it's not that expensive right now because I think it was a sale the day one or whatever. But I'm I'm really weird about I stuff that I haven't seen. Twenty seven dollars on that Blu-ray. Jesus, that ripped off. It was at and the, Safeway. And the funny thing is, and I mentioned this to Jason uh, the other day, <clears throat> with our TVs being IMAX certified, one of the things I wanted to watch was The Dark Knight. Because the opening scene is shot in IMAX, and yeah. when he goes to China, it's shot in IMAX, and the whole thing. So I have all three of those movies digitally. And I threw the Dark Knight on, and I watched. It. I'm like, this doesn't look right. The framing's not right because the bars in the top and bottom go away with the IMAX stuff. I'm like, what the fuck? The g- digital copy didn't have that scene in IMAX. So I went and grabbed the 4K Blu-ray, threw it in. Sure enough, the IMAX stuff was there. And I'm like, wait, what do you? What the fuck? They did, I'm, I'm watching the 4K digital uh, copy, but it didn't have the IMAX stuff in it. It had the alternate shots. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. Really upset about that, because even though it's definitely not, it's probably the weakest in the trilogy, Dark Knight Rises still has some cool shit. It's got Tom Hardy. <clears throat> but that whole first scene with the pl- the airplane, that's all shot in IMAX. And I, it's a fantastic one. Like, we actually saw that movie at an IMAX theater. So we got to see that, you know, on that big-ass screen and everything. And I didn't even check the digital copy of that yet to see if it's framed correctly. But now that I have a TV that's supposedly certified for all that, well, now it's a new toy to play with. So I'm trying to yeah. hunt that stuff down. God, I haven't seen that in a long time. I need to. I remember me and you did a podcast about it. And yeah. I probably haven't seen that movie since then. So I need I've, to revisit it. I didn't have as big of a problem with Dark Knight Rises as other people did, but I saw where they were coming from. Yeah. Because I had a couple well, I'm of I'm just wondering how it would play now. Like, you know, it's been years since I've even thought about that movie. I'd kind of like to revisit it and just see where I stand on it. 
Maybe it's better than I remembered. My big thing was uh, Tom Hardy in Dunkirk. He he always has that mask on because he's flying. I know. And I'm like, why doesn't he have the voice? Why doesn't he have the Bane voice? He's got the mask on. (laughs) Not until I give you permission to die. I like that they did that in Dunkirk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's it's fun having this new TV, number one, because it works, unlike the Vizio, but I'm just waiting for Mark to come pick that fucking thing up. So yeah. I'm giving I'm giving him that works. visio to Mark. He says he can fix it. I'm like, all right, take it. Do that, or I'm gonna throw it away. It's a great display until it died. But anyway, all right, we're rambling. Yeah, I so I don't know how you get rid of a backlog. By the way, it just there's always gonna be one. It's like a car payment. You're always gonna have one. Yeah, I'll tell you one way it. is when you're bedridden. If you're if you're yeah. sick in bed or whatever, and you can still play games. I mean, like I was told after my stroke, my therapist actually said to play games because I could work my my left thumb. So that was great because then one of my like somebody would give me shit for playing games. I'm like, oh, well, my therapist told me to. I do have it. to therapist. <laughs> I have to do it. <laughs> I have to eat ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because then my dietitian, uh, we're talking one day and she said something about fruit. I'm like, are you telling me that Pop-Tarts are on my diet now? She's like, I did not say that. I'm like, well, you said fruit. <laughs> Pop-Tarts, right? And I kept saying it. And she was just laughing at me. <laughs> so Pop-Tarts. Cherry? Pop-Tarts? Pop-tarts. Cherry's all right? Strawberry's good. Pop-Tarts? Yeah. I said, I don't want the chocolate ones or anything else. You have the fruit inside. That's real fruit, right? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, we've we've yes. gone on long enough. But thank you for the email, Bram. Hopefully everything's gone right for you, man. Yeah, that's a rough one. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, so hopefully we can. I can get back to the every two weeks format. Uh, Jason, thanks so much for for joining me. Yeah, and no problem. The time and no problem. Uh, ignoring me online and not playing with me anymore. <laughs> no, I'll play. And uh, making me play with people I don't like, like Vladrick, that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> He and I actually had some good sessions the other night. Um, of course, I'm out of order because that's all I play, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but shoot me an email, podcast at psnation.com. Uh, if you got anything to say, anything, any questions, anything like that, uh, hit, hit me up on Twitter at TorgoPSN or at PSNation. Uh, keep your eye on, on at PSNation. You know, all of our posts on the website go up to that and also to uh, facebook.com slash PSNation page. And uh, hit us up on the forums. I'm, I'm banning IPs now, so hopefully a lot of the Russian spam that's been hitting our forums lately goes away. I'm, I'm getting a lot more aggressive o- about getting the uh, IPs blocked. Um, and then don't forget to look for us on Stitcher if you want to listen to us on there. And also on, um, oh, what's the other thing? There's another streaming service we're on. Shit. I think it starts with a T. I don't even know anymore. And also Spotify. You can find us on Spotify. And I think it even works on the PS4 now. On the PS4's Spotify player, I believe we're on there now. So, yeah, check that out. All right, kids. Get out there, play some games. Have a great one. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you, Glenn. And uh, take it easy, folks. So worried about what's happening today 
in the Middle East, you know. And I'm so worried about the baggage retrieval system they've got at Heathrow. I'm so worried about the fashions today. I don't think they're good for your feet. And I'm so worried about the shows on TV that sometimes they want to repeat. I'm so worried about what's happening today, you know. And I'm worried about the baggage retrieval system they've got at Heathrow. I'm so worried about my hair falling out and the state of the world today. And I'm so worried about being so full of doubt about everything anyway. I'm so worried about modern technology. I'm so worried about all the things that they dump in the sea. I'm so worried about it, worried about it, worried, worried, worried. I'm so worried about everything that can go wrong. I'm so worried about whether people like this song. I'm so worried about this very next verse. It isn't the best that I've got. And I'm so worried about whether I should go on or whether I shouldn't just stop. I'm worried about whether I ought to have stopped. And I'm worried because it's the sort of thing I ought to know. And I'm so worried about the baggage retrieval system they've got at Heathrow. I'm so worried about whether I should have stopped the end. I'm so worried that I'm driving everyone round the bend. I'm worried about the baggage retrieval system they've got at Heathrow.